When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like to start the show off. And I was just telling Tone, thank you, Hassan Content. Big sales. And to all my snowy friends in the Northeast, my aunt sent me a picture and I, she's got 10 inches of snow in Connecticut right now. So, I mean, it looked, hey, okay, so like when you guys share those pictures around the country to people who don't live in the snow, isn't that beautiful? Oh my God, it's so great. Yeah, they don't know that you've spent 30 minutes putting your, shit on and taking it off just to go get a loaf of bread and you have to do that every time then you have to shovel the sidewalks then you have to shovel the driveway then you have to worry about being a maniac on the road and other maniacs on the road who can't handle the snow and everyone's like get me out of here but everybody like you know if you're down in like florida you know, you're like, oh, look at that snow. It's great. You're like, no, it's not like that. Okay? That's right, Sue. Sue, look how beautiful it is, right? You get that from your family around the country. And then you're like this. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. What a ton of content that we have here for you this week. And 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 as I said... Hassan Reddick's name is now Hassan Content. Oh, my God, I love it. We got a ton of stuff for you here. Um, obviously, the agent did this. The agent for Hassan Reddick leaked this out to a sports writer and to other people in the media. Why? They want to get a buzz to see what the market looks like. And to me, they were probably having conversations and how we and them laid it out. We're doing this. We'd like to restructure the contract. And by the way, I heard Tone saying, you know, give him an extra cup. I'm not giving you shit. I'm going to make a statement on Hassan Reddick. Personally, if Hassan Reddick doesn't take a pay cut, and restructure the deal. I don't want him back. He's a liability to my defense. But Sills, he's the best pass rusher. Well, there's more to pass rushing. Take a look at your defense last year. He had no impact. 
He had zero impact on your defense. Zero. That was $15 million of wasted money. You wasted 50. He brought you nothing. Because he could do one thing. Hassan Reddick on a football team that is good against the pass and good against the run, he's worth $15 million. But when you struggle at both, he's useless. Because he can't cover and he can't tackle. What's the point? Those 12 sacks he had meant nothing. He had the worst pass defense in the league. And after week 11, you were the worst run defense in the league. I'm not paying for that. As a matter of fact, I'm more apt to say this. I'm trading you. I really don't want you here. Now, I'll take you at 12 million or 10 million. But I'm not taking you at $15 million, and plus we have to restructure that base. He brings nothing to your team. When you have issues, like, check this out. If Hassan Reddick was on the 49ers, where they have very few holes, he's a $15 million a year guy. But you have a complete overhaul to do on your defense. What's paying $15 million to a pass rusher where you can't stop the pass and you can't stop the run? What's the point? Again, you don't look at it clearly. You look at the 12 sacks and go, he's our best defensive player. No, he's not. Josh Sweat's your best. That is a misnomer. Hassan Reddick is not your best defensive football player. You know how you know that? Look at market value. It's Josh Sweat. That's an opinion that people have that Reddick's your best defensive player. All you have to do is look at market value. Right now, Josh Sweat has a $21 million market value. And that number is going to go up. That's a fact. That, that's a fa- um, Look at this. Flexing goes, Josh Sweat is no better. What are you talking about? The NFL doesn't look at it that way, guy. If you put Josh Sweat on the market right now, he might get $25 million per year. That's $10 million more than your boy. You're, you don't follow the money. You follow your passion. It's, it, it's, you know what? It's frustrating to talk to some of you because you don't understand The league starts with cash, player value. That's it. You can be a talented player like a DeAndre Swift, and you're still the sixth-ranked running back on the board. It doesn't matter what your talent is. It makes you relevant. But your market value is the number one asset on how teams look at you. What are you worth? Hey, isn't that with anything in life when it's business? What's your talents worth to a business? It's not what you love. What do you bring to a business? That's fact. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean you got to be kidding? 
All you have to do is look at market value. Okay, only a dummy would pay $21 million for Josh Sweat. No, that's not what it is. I can't believe that you're not listening to me. That's not my opinion. Don't you understand? That's not my opinion. Josh Sweat's market value today, according to the National Football League, is $21 million. He's your best defensive player. Not a guy who's a one-trick pony. You, you can dispute the facts all you want. <laughs> you could dispute the facts. You got a complete overhaul and a complete rebuild. How about this? What's more important to you right now? Resigning Hassan Reddick or getting some damn linebackers that can actually play some football? Is Hassan Reddick more important than a safety or a potential corner? Hey, I'll take that resources of $15 million and go make that trade with Patrick Sertain before I resign that guy. Man, you guys aren't looking at this correctly. You're just not. This guy's not worth that money. On that team, in that rebuild, he's not worth it. So let me get this right. You're going to bring him back. And 15, 17, you're going to pay more for a guy who's limited in ability. Very eagle-ish. And then you're going to go to work when Nicobe Dean and Zach Cunningham draft some rookie safeties and a corner, and you're going to go to battle with that in next year's NFC? You won't make the playoffs. But our offense is good. Yeah, well, guess what? There's another part of a football team. It's called defense. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Man. There's a lot of people that see the game differently than me. I see the game the way the NFL does. You guys see the game the way pom-pom waivers see it. Hassan Reddick's your best defensive player? Really? Why? Because you asked the guy over on the perimeter, Josh Sweat, to play 300 more downs than anybody else on the team? He still got through the season? He's your best player. It's a guy you build around. How about this? Jordan Davis, here's your best players on your team. Josh Sweat and Fletcher Cox are your two best defensive players, and then Milton Williams, and then Jalen Carter. Those are your three best defenders. And the rest of those guys, maybe Jordan Davis, I don't know. He's limited too. Look, you got two limited guys on your team. Jordan Davis can't play on third down. And really Hassan Reddick can't play on first and second down. And you're going to go to battle with that. Man, holy cow. That makes no sense. 
Prove what? All you got to do is put up that one great website that that Tone uses, and you can see the market value. The market value is $21 million. don't have to prove shit, dude. Everyone knows it. Josh Sweat is your biggest asset on defense. Not Redick. Dude, there's a reason he's been on three teams if he's so great. He's limited. I've never seen a guy who has got so many sacks, who has been on three teams, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Max Crosby. Those guys aren't on multiple teams. When you find an elite pass rusher and you find a guy like that that can cover, tackle, and rush the passer, you don't get rid of those guys. When you have when you have limited limitations on your defense, okay, like you do, dude, dude, you can't do the two things that are the most important thing on defense: stop the run and stop the pass, and you're killed on first down, and you're killed on third down. How are you going to win? You guys keep telling me. That you know, we know you're 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 like a playoff team next year. Here, how about this, dude? I think you have a second round to conference championship offense if things fall right for you. I think you have the bottom three defensive football unit in the league. It's an unbalanced roster. What does that tell you? You have nothing on that schedule next year that's a given. It's not because of your offense. It's because of your shitty defense. There's not a a given win on your schedule. You proved that down the stretch. Where would you come off that this is going to get better? What, because you hired Vic? Dude, I got to tell you, you don't have the Jimmys and Joes. You don't have them yet. Bringing back Reddick's a mistake. It's a mistake. Oh, no, no, again, 10 million bucks. So let me ask you this. You're going to bring back Fletcher Cox at 10, which is way too much money. And you're going to bring back Hassan Reddick at 17 million. So you're going to pay an old guy and overpay him. Then you want to give that ceremonial uh, retirement tour to Brandon Graham. And you want to bring back a one-trick pony on a $17 million deal. This is lining up to be a, a, a disaster. That's not how you... I, I, I'm not sure you've come to the conclusion or you've come to the grips that you have to strip that defense down. You have very few redeeming qualities. You know, I'll take Slay back. I'll take Slay. 
Your safeties, Reed Blankenship, you're overhyping him. He's okay. Those other kids showed promise? You mean potential? Oi. <laughs> okay, potential. Means you haven't done it. You overplayed Bradbury? And I was in agreement with it. You have not one redeeming linebacker on your football team. Okay? I mean, you're overpaying. You know, you might want to take this into consideration. You might want to have to take a step back a little bit like Kansas City did. How about the way Kansas City handled their season? I think they handled it great. Kansas City, it was considered a down season with the 11 wins and winning the Super Bowl. Because why? Patrick Mahomes had to carry the offense because they were retooling the defense on the fly. They were rebuilding it. They rebuilt that defense from three years ago. And they got great coaching, which you don't have. Or how about this? You want to you hear this? How many pe- people are going like this? Well, we got some really good coordinators. Well, we'll see how it works. Still a question mark. There's no question mark in coaching in Kansas City. There's no question mark. <clears throat> they have Mahomes. Okay, they have Mahomes, right? And 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 that's why they can rebuild. That's why you have to keep your offense intact because you don't have Mahomes. You know, every time people now from now on say that, Sills, Kansas City has Mahomes. You're right, Philly doesn't. So what does that mean? And I'll and I'll say it, every other team in the league except for maybe Buffalo has to rely on more players. That's why your situation's a lot tougher to rebuild than Kansas city. Kansas city can rebuild like that. Cause why they have the guy you don't, you have a guy like Cincinnati, like San Francisco. So this isn't just a Philly thing. You're right. You don't have the guy. 49ers cap, 37 million carrying over to 24, 4.6. Okay. They don't have any holes to fill. They'll restructure. Everyone will want to run that thing back. They're 570 over right now, $570,000 under the cap right now. They'll restructure everything. They'll get it done. John Lynch is a great GM. He knows what he's doing. There's there's no holes to fill in San Francisco. There's no holes. Zero. They got to run that thing back again. And they got the quarterback, like we've been saying, on a, on a, on a team-friendly deal, $870,000. Okay? 16 free agents. Yeah, well, we'll see. Guarantee you they don't lose any of those guys because they're all making top-end dollar. 
Okay. Who are they losing? Bozum? Warner? Debo? Kittle? Williams? Are you losing any of them guys? McCaffrey? Are they losing any of them guys? It's all right. Worry about it. Okay? Dude, you've let's get back on focus on your shitty defense. I've got some landing spots here for Hassan Reddick. Here, again, I'm going to make it and I'm going to say it. Hassan Hassan Reddick is a liability at the money he's making right now to your rebuild defense. I am not paying him a cent higher than what he's making now because that's not his market value. His market value is between 12 and 15 million. He ain't a $20 million a year guy. And when you got deals on the horizon with Devontae and Landon Dickerson, and you still got to figure out what you're going to do in the next two years with AJ, I have no interest in that. I have no interest. Micah Parsons is a 10-time better player than Hassan Reddick. Reddick is a five-time better pass rusher than Parsons. Give me Michael Parsons every day. He does more. The value of paying him $20 million or $15 million, he can cover a tight end. He's not horrible in tackling. Now you can run at him. Does he have holes in his game? Yes. But Hassan Reddick ha- has got a has got a river of holes in his game. I mean, it's no comparison. It's just no comparison. Hey, Twiz says get rid of everyone. On that defense, Sweat, Jalen Carter, and Davis. Yes. After that, get rid of them all. You were bums. This guy wants to keep bums. Zach Cunningham? If Zach Cunningham and Reed Blankenship are starting in your defense, don't let anyone tell you that that's a good sign. Holy cow. Those guys were suspect at best. Okay? I mean... Some landing spots for Hassan. On on that defense, Reddick's a bum. What 12 sacks gave you? What did he, did he have any impact on your football team this year? No. On that defense? Absolutely not. Did he have a nice season? Yeah. 12 sacks. Got his incentives. On a shitty defense. What's the point of paying it? Why am I paying a guy who who's a one-trick pony? What? Why? So you would really pay that and give him a raise to $18 million. Not here. 
Shit, I paid Fletcher 10 before I paid that guy 15 or 20 or 18. I played Fletcher Cox that. Fletcher had a better season. He had more impact on that football team, in my opinion. Hey, Sills, it looks like the guys at the NovaCare think of this team like it's a fantasy football. They focus on offense and just – Bob, amen. Okay? Amen. Hey, hey, Flexen, I'm not going to – I'm not going to try to convince you that your boy Josh Sweat is worth $21 million. Because if you don't believe it, I don't care if you do. Okay? The National Football League looks at him as a more valuable player than that guy, even with those sacks. That should tell you something. This guy didn't have but one sack down the stretch, and they still think higher of him. That's a fact, dude. That's not an opinion. (laughs) That's not a fact. I mean, that's not an opinion. And that's the last time I'm bringing that up. Because if you don't believe it, I'm not going to sit here and debate that with you. Because it's an absolute fact. Then it goes, Sills. Reddick taking a pay cut. Parsons never shows up. Stop it. Update your ex account. You'll see the Reddick statement. I saw the Reddick statement. Marshall, in my opinion, they did ask... They, you know how you don't ask, Jesus, criminy. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. His agent was told what they were going to do. And so they put that out there. And it's easy to say this. We didn't ask for a trade. Well, guess what? The Eagles told them. We're not giving you a pay raise. You can seek a trade because they wanted $20 million. I guarantee you that conversation have you guys ever been in a negotiation when it comes to contracts in the NFL? Well, I have. And you know what your agent does? Your agent picks the phone up, calls the team, and says, hey, listen, where are we now with Hassan Reddick? You know, he's entering into the final year of his contract. What are you guys feeling? Well, what are you guys thinking? Um, you know, we think he has a market value of around $20 million. Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys would like to go out and seek opportunities somewhere else, have at it. And the agent then goes like this, okay, because then he can't show his hand. And then what does the agent do? He turns around and says, we never asked for a trade. When in theory, you started the conversation. Because the Eagles know they have to restructure that deal. And the agent knows that they have to restructure that deal. So that's why the agent started that. Then when they were told not what they wanted to hear, they leaked it out. That wasn't the Eagles leaking that out. You know when the Eagles leak something out. The Darius Slay thing from a year ago should tell you. People at the NovaCare Center, Slay was saying his goodbyes. Because uh, Drew Rosenhaus was informed that they were going to move on. What did Slade do? Hey, it was great. Did he did I? ESPN reported it. Then all of a sudden, the Gardner-Johnson money talks broke down. They ran right back to him. Come on, man. 
You guys can't be this dumb. Can't be this dumb. Hassan Reddick's agent did this. But it's normal. And guess what? They're doing it ahead of free agency so that they can send out the smoke signals. By the way, Angelo Cataldi will join us at 3.30. I think we set the market for a defensive edge with double-digit sats when we traded for Robert Quinn. We traded a fourth. That's Hassan's value. I don't think that that's fair. I think he's a third. Okay? I think he's a third. Now, I would love to have Hassan Reddick back at a $12 million to a $10 million deal and a restructuring of lowering his base. But I'm not giving him a pay raise. The player doesn't want to hear that. That's why they leaked that out. Because there was no added money. Or even added a year. How about this? Does anybody actually think that the Eagles offered Reddick's agent a compromise in a contract? Wouldn't he have Eagles have come out because they're so PR conscious and said, hey, we want Hassan Reddick here for the next three years. They're not saying that. You haven't heard a peep out of them. They're not going to do the negotiation in public. The agent will. And, and by the way, because all of you, once again, fall in for it because you love your bird, guys. You guys are so easily manipulated. Oh, yeah. Hey, the fans are going to rally around the player. Screw that. That's so weak and so typical. And you'll buy it because it's the way it is. You guys just absolutely, like, buy into that shit. Because you love, dude, don't ever fall in love with the player. Fall in like with him. Howie doesn't fall in love with his players. He falls in like. Because there's a shot he has to move him. Now, does he value his guys more? Yes. That doesn't mean he loves them. That doesn't mean he loves them. General managers and front office people don't love their players because there's a time when they got to move them or tell them to take a pay cut. You can't get emotional in this, and all of you are, or half of you, or some of you are. You get emotional in a guy. Hassan Reddick is not a $15 million a year guy on that defense. Like I said, in Pittsburgh, maybe. On a more talented defense, possibly. Depending, but those teams are usually pretty tapped out with their cap. Let me go here with some of the teams that potentially could make a move for him. Okay? Here's some landing spots for him. The Lions. Brad Holmes pushing all of his chips in. Besides Hayden, Aiden Hutchinson, they need another pass rusher. Plus, what's the most, what's the most important thing? Tone, tell them what's the most important thing here when we're talking about landing sites. Money. 
They have $60 million in cap space that they can make that happen. Remember, don't talk about teams that you think he'd fit in on. Talk about the teams that have the money. You got to start first and foremost always with money, not with the talent of the player. Does he fit in the scheme? Do we have the money to pay him? Washington, James, is another horrible place for Hassan Reddick. They have a ton of retooling to do on that defense. Why would it make sense to go to Washington? Washington needs to spend money, and their focus needs to be on a quarterback. Is Howell the guy or not? You've got to wreck, you've got to fix the quarterback spot first before you can start talking about bringing in an edge rusher. I got the Colts. They run a 43. And you got another the Lions are 45 million in cap space. The Colts are at 60 million in cap space. Steichen knows the player. Steichen could probably motivate the player. There's a football team in the AFC that has to remember something. What's the most important thing in the AFC? Getting to Lamar Jackson, getting to Josh Allen, getting to Patrick Mahomes, getting to to, uh, Herbert, getting to Trevor Lawrence, getting to those quarterbacks, pass rushing, getting home. Here's a spot. The Texans. Will Anderson, the defensive rookie of the year, you put Hassan Reddick on the other side and D'Amico Ryan's defense, and the Texans have $57 million in cap space. I think that is a spot for him. And they got draft equity. Why? The Sean Watson trade. They got a ton of draft picks. You can make a move that, to me, the Texans are the team. Plus, you get them out of the conference. They have the money. They have the picks. And I think they would have the will. Put them on the other side of Will Anderson. That might fit. That might fit. <clears throat> so wait a minute, Hollywood. What what what's the clown show? This guy, some of you people are the dumbest people on the planet. You're gonna rebuild the defense around a guy who can't play the run or the pass. You'll make it sound like he's an elite player. He's not. He's an elite pass rusher on a good defense. On a shitty defense, he's a dude. Man. 
I mean, you guys are dumb. It's like it's like having Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson in Minnesota will never win a Super Bowl. What are you doing with him there? Are you going to build around him? Are you going to get a top flight quarterback? So let me guess, you're going to go into the draft and re spend another three years on trying to win and find a guy for him, right? And you're going to pay $30 million for him. Look, the player's worth it, but not on the Minnesota Vikings. You understand that certain players are paid money on teams that they'll have no impact on bringing a Super Bowl to. Ask Tyreek Hill. Hill didn't make that money in Kansas City. He's making it in Miami. He's not going to deliver a Super Bowl to Miami. But he's going to get paid because he's a talented guy. Sometimes they don't match up. And it's not Devontae Adams. Did he bring a Super Bowl to Green Bay? No. Is Stephon Diggs going to bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo? They're going to cut him after June 1. And you want to pay a guy $18 million as an edge rusher. On a defense, it has to be completely retooled. Sills was talking about the Eagles firing the whole coaching staff. They did. They did fire the entire coaching staff. Hollywood. Here's, here's a statement by a guy who validated what I what I said. Sills wanted to fire the entire coaching staff. They did. They did. They did. They fired the entire coaching staff. You got brand new assistants outside of Stoutland. Every guy's gone. Thank you. Sills wanted to fire the whole... Right, they did. And? Thank you, Hollywood, for validating my take. Sills wanted to fire the entire coaching staff. Well, they turned out they did. Talk about numb nuts. You can't get any dumber than what that post was. And, and look, again, I make a comment, and some of you, again, when I was talking about Reddick, now, because he wanted me to prove that he, that Josh Sweats were $21 million. Unbelievable, kid. They did fire the entire staff. So I think Reddick to the Texans is a good move. How about the Rams? Typical Rams move with less need in Kevin Demoff. Could this be something they like to spend money? Patriots. Jared Mayo said they're going to spend some cash this offseason. Would that be something that they'd be interested in? I doubt it. Because once again, he's one trick pony and he's limited. I got the Steelers. Now, this is not something Pittsburgh likes to do. 
See, unlike you, the Steelers like to develop their own talent and draft well. Unlike the Eagles, they like to develop people that they draft and hire quality coaches to develop those guys. And they have a head coach that knows how to do it, unlike you as well. You see, what they have is teachers in Pittsburgh. That's why Pittsburgh, I can't think the last time Pittsburgh drafted a wide receiver in the first round. I, I, I can't remember the last time they did that. But they always find these guys, including Antonio Brown, Heinz Ward, Pickens, all these guys. These guys aren't first-round draft choices. <clears throat> Chicago, ton of money. Chicago's got a ton of money. So let me let me ask the question here. You know, everybody in everyone in Philly, everyone in PA wants the Eagles to keep him. Why? Because he's our best pass rusher. You have more pressing needs than him. You can't cover anybody. And you're not getting home. And you're not going to improve your pass rush next year. Why? Because Fangio's a non-pressure defensive coordinator. You're not blitzing more. Who's going to get home more? Brandon Graham's too old. Fletcher Cox is getting older. Jalen Carter, okay. Hassan Reddick. By the way, they ate you they ate you up on first and third down. Where was he? Where was he in the last 10 games of the season? You want to pay him $20 million? <laughs> you want to make him the highest paid defensive player on your football team. And he can only do two, one of the three skill sets needed to be a complete defensive football player. Wind me up and just, so you're going to pass rush him every down. Is that what you're going to do? First down, second down, third down. How many times did the 49ers have that guy turned around in circles? I mean, George Kittle made that guy look like an asshole in the game. I mean, it, it was a joke. The guy turned, turned him around and made him look like an asshole. Okay? You want that guy back at 20 million. You want Fletcher back at 10. So you're going to pay 30 million for those two guys. And, and your entire secondary sucks. Your linebacking core blows and your depth on your defense is in shambles and your $20 million, which 18 is allocated to the draft. And you're trying to tell me I want Reddick back when you got more pressing needs. So who would you rather have on your team? Hassan Reddick or Patrick Sertan? Your focus should be on the guy in Denver, not that thing. Now, Reddick, this is what we're going to do. We'd like to pay you 10 million bucks. 
lower your, and here's what we'll do. Sign a one-year contract. Like to restructure the whole thing. We'll give you a bag of money. And take that resources and take it up to uh, Denver and get Sertan in the building. Sertan in the building gets Hassan Reddick a $20 million contract. That's what my, if I was his agent, I'd be telling him. If you go get Patrick Sertan, you put him in your secondary and you spend some of the resources this year on getting that guy in the building, Reddick's chances of making $20 million next year absolutely increase. Why? Because with one move, you solidify your back end and your secondary with one move. Slay and Sertain, Blankenship and a safety that's not going to cost you a mint. Your back end is solidified. And that may bring him more money. But just to re-sign him with the current talent you have, you don't have talent on your team on that side of the ball. Stop pretending. You can't. Uh, Sills, you like Chase Young on the Eagles as a fit. I like Chase Young on the defense more than I like Hassan Reddick. Play to run. And I think he'll be better this year. You know, after you have an injury like that, the year after the knee injury is not traditionally a great one. It's a solid one. The year after that is the year you're pretty much back to normal. Um, he does more. And he's younger. And he's played in the division. He knows the division. I'd rather have Chase Young than Reddick because he does more. Don't you want multifaceted players that can do multiple things so you can get multiple value out of your guys? Chase Young helps Josh Sweat on the other side. Hassan Reddick doesn't help Josh Sweat on the other side. You know why Josh Sweat had such a good year the year before? Why do you think that is? That Sweat had such a good year the year before. Why do you think? Why do you guys think that Sweat had such a good year the year before when he had the double-digit sack year? You guys know? No? Because the other guy on the other end had 11 sacks. And you couldn't double one guy. Or you couldn't chip one guy. Because both dudes were double-digit. Who, who are you going to block? When you got one guy not showing up, all the weight falls on that one dude. More reps, less production. Because Brandon Graham gave you nothing this year. And it hurt the entire integrity of the line. When those two tackles in the middle ran out of gas, the entire line fell apart. And, and Sweat was the only guy hanging in there. But he was sinking in quicksand because nobody was helping him. 
The year before, you had a guy with double digits that was balancing it. Well, when you take that away, the scale falls. Oh, my God. Some of you guys are just as dumb as the rocks that I kick sometimes when I'm walking. You don't get it. You have no idea how to build a football team. You have no idea when it comes to looking at one guy. You know what's funny? How come Kansas City can get rid of fucking people like the Honey Badger? They can get rid of Tyree Kill. They can get rid of people when they know that they have to. Even How about this? We won't use Kansas City. Take a look at Green Bay. Green Bay gets rid of guys. They make the tough cuts. They make the tough moves. Those are franchises. They get rid of Russell Wilson in Seattle, and they got better. It's not about paying one guy. Coaching? Oh, okay. So wait a minute. Then you have bigger problems than just signing Hassan Reddick. I see the coaching. You're right. You don't have the coaching. What about these new guys? I don't know. We'll see. Dude, the coaching staff is just as much a question mark on defense as the players are. You think because you signed a guy with a long resume, that's going to matter? I got to, I got to, hey man, everything has a place and some people fit in places and some people don't. Okay, PL goes, Andy Reid, Mahomes, Spags, that's why, Sills. Okay? Coaching. Dude, this is why that $50 million paycheck you gave Hurts? Okay. I mean, I'm telling you. You spend all your money on offense, you spend nothing on defense, and you want to spend it in the wrong places. Howie's free agency. I completely disagree with anybody who thinks that guy should be brought back at that money or more. He brings you nothing when you suck. And you were horrible. And you're going to be horrible this year. Why? Because you're going to be younger. Why? Because you don't have the money. And when I think that people are saying that N'Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham are going to be your starters, good luck. You're going to start Reed Blankenship, and you're going to start Bradbury and Slay, and you're going to start Dean and Cunningham, and and then you're going to draft rookies. You're going to get the same freaking result. You didn't upgrade. Oh, we're going to draft a corner. Good luck. Since you suck out loud at that. We're going to draft a linebacker. Good luck at that. Since you suck at that too. We're going to draft an edge rusher. Good luck. Since you suck at that too. You you are making it sound like this guy is some sort of defensive guru in drafting. Do I think they do? Look, they got lucky on Devontae. Because he has blown at wide receiver as a draft evaluator. Completely, they got lucky on Hurts. 
You think he's some quarterback guru? Howie Roseman? They completely, absolutely, the whole organization and Wentz blew that quarterback scenario up. Couldn't even get the coach right. Okay? Why in the world would you bring back a guy who can't help you? He's not good enough on that defense. Again, I'll tell you where Hassan Reddick would be awesome. San Francisco, put him on the other side of Boza. Got Warner and uh, Greenlaw behind him. Shit. Or next to him. That's a place he fits, and he's worth dough there. But they got $570,000 in cash space. It's, 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 it's not a probability. Remember, good teams don't have cap space. Shitty teams usually have a ton of it. Or a team with a Mahomes. It's crazy, but you have Mahomes and $25 million in cap space. You're probably going to have more because you're going to move off. Of, by the way, you think that the Chiefs are going to move off of Chris Jones? How many people believed? Hey, here's a great one. How many people think Chris Jones? How many people think Chris Jones is the best interior D-tackle in the league now? How many people think that Chris Jones is the best D-tackle in the league? Would you say he's the best D-tackle in the league? MG2. Me too. Flexing. Chris Jones the man. Right? I would agree with that, Sills. Thanks, Flexing. I do. He's a game wrecker. Kansas City's moving off him. Kansas City's not paying him $30 million at 29, 31 years old. They're not. They gave him a one-year deal. Kansas City's going to move off the best interior defensive tackle because they're not going to pay $30 million. Why? Because they're retooling their defense. And on top of that, they're going to bring in some more wide receivers. And they're going to get stronger by moving Chris Jones and making a tough move. They're going to move off him. So let me get this right. In a matter of three years, Kansas City would have moved off a of Tyreek Hill, the best deep threat maybe in NFL history, and the best interior D-tackle because they got the guy at quarterback in the coaching. Do you have the guy or not? Do you have the guy or not? Ask yourself. Philly doesn't have the balls to do what Kansas City does. I guarantee you Buffalo moves off of Stephon Diggs. 
I wouldn't be shocked if Stephon Diggs, they move Amari Cooper in Cleveland, and he lands at Cleveland with Dorsey. They believe they have the guy in Buffalo. Do you? Dude, if you believe, you, moving on, hey, Reddick. In the Mahomes contract, it's written that if Chiefs even make it to the Super Bowl, then the organization has to pay him. A, uh, I, I heard that, but he also made a $1.7 million bonus because he won it. He also made a $1.5 million bonus because he got there. So there's all kinds of incentives that are in his contract. Lee Steinberg, who put the contract together, told me how the contract was constructed with all kinds of little incentives like that. So, Sills, you think the 34 with great linebackers shows these running quarterbacks, slows the running backs down? Hollywood, I would say this to you. How many teams have four great linebackers? I think the league today is limited at linebackers. Here, I'm going to I'm going to make a comparison to the NBA and the NFL here. Why do you think the power forwards and why do you think the guards are better today when it comes to their stat numbers, say like Russell Westbrook? Why do you think that is? In today's NBA. Why why do you, why do you think that is? When you see a guy like Russell Westbrook and you see like a lot of the guards with like 28, nine assists, eight boards or something like that. Why do, you, why do you think that is? There's no dude on the pivot anymore. There's no, there's no Ewing. There's no Olajuwon. There's no Shaquille O'Neal. Those guys are gone. They got hybrid, they got hybrid power forwards on the five. So the numbers are skewed. Because you don't have the big center down in the middle. So that's why you're seeing the guys in the backcourt have higher numbers when it comes across the board. Well, the reason that the tight end in the NFL is becoming such a major force in the NFL, the linebacker play in the NFL is limited. There's very few teams in the NFL right now that have one good linebacker. Okay. More, more really good tight ends in the game today than there are linebackers. I mean, you don't have, how many teams have a Fred Warner? You don't have those guys. Pittsburgh always has four linebackers. Maybe the best of the group of all the teams in the league, probably. Okay, the game, What my, I guess my point is, in the NBA, I'm not saying the game's not better today. I'm saying the game has evolved. You've got to have more Tampa 2-type linebackers in today's game. And that's something that the Eagles haven't landed. You need someone like Derek Brooks, Ryan Shazier, guys who can cover, fill, and hit. Those guys are anomaly. They're hard to find. TJ Edwards was limited. Get this. He could play the run. He fit gaps. He could kind of cover. He wasn't exceptional, but he could kind of cover. 
Hey, you want to hear something? You guys never replace. Here, here's something that all you guys need to know about the way that you guys went about your business at linebacker last year. You couldn't even replace Kaiser White. You couldn't even replace Kaiser White. Kaiser White's better than the Kobe Dean. How's that taste? How's that taste? You couldn't you couldn't replace Kaiser White, let alone TJ Edwards. I mean, so again, finding those backers, it's not as easy as you think. Okay. Luke thinks that Nicobe Dean is better than Kaiser White. So I need to know there, homie. You think Nicobe Dean is better than Kaiser White, who had 117 tackles on your team? Really? And you didn't have a linebacker to worth a shit this year. Really? Okay. I mean, it, it, it's not hard to look at. Draft Trotter Jr. Why? Because his last name is Trotter. I could give a shit about that. Stop, right? Hey, I understand what you're talking about, and I get it. Why are people thinking Dean is like a first rounder? He's not. He's a nothing rounder right now. Gives big sales Dean a shot. No. He's been here two years. He's done dick. Okay, no, no. Junior's not a stiff. Trotter's not. He didn't have a very good junior year. I thought he played better in the second half of the season. Debo's been on the show. He loves him, and he told me he's a player. Okay? Trotter, listen, here's my take on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He's a little bit undersized. Now, do you want to go down that road again? I have no problem with it. But my take on Trotter Jr. is this. I don't give a shit about the name on the back of the jersey. If I see him at the Combines, I have a great conversation with him. I watch him in workouts. I watch his tape. And personally, I have. And I've talked to Debo. And I talked to Dan Morgan about him, who's now the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Dan Morgan asked me what I thought of him. And I said this, I go, if he's got two good tackles in front of him, like he had at Clemson, I think he scrapes the lane well. He goes sideline to sideline. I think he could fit on the seam. I don't know if he's a cover linebacker on tight ends, but I think he can get the back down. Um, a guy like Travis Kelsey might be problems, and Kittle and them dudes could be problems for him, even Goddard. But again, that takes time when you're covering tight ends. Block and release is one of the hardest. Gronk made a career out of that block and releasing, especially if you have the quarterback that knows how to block and release. That's telling the tight end block, release, 
It's an audible at the line of scrimmage. It's something that linebackers have to hear and be able to do. And I said, I go, and if it works out that Trotter is in a position for me to take, would I take him at 22? Absolutely not. Would I take him in the second round? I might want to trade down in the second second round, not out, and take him at the lower part of the second round. I might consider that. And then the name matters. The name on the back of the jersey is the last thing that matters when you're drafting, not the first thing that matters. So you got to take that out of the conversation. Okay, he's a third or fourth. That's why I'm saying, Devin, more down at the bottom of the second, I'm, I'm, I might because I have a need at that position. Okay, I have a need. Hollywood goes unless your last name is Manning. Well, they did deliver four Super Bowls. I mean, as much as I don't really think that highly of Eli, both of them did deliver four Super Bowls. So, I mean... Um, I, hey, Chris, I think he got two seconds also. By the way, don't forget, Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 3.30. Tone will be with us at 4.30. We'll take your comments. Um, Debo Samuel did not show up in the Super Bowl. He didn't. This year, cornerback Porter Jr. Porter Jr. really had a great year. Um. And he got great coaching. By the way, they moved off that kid that we ended up signing and put him in the backfield, and they put Porter in the draft, and they took him. Um, Sills, who you got going first in the draft? It's not – I don't know. You know, I, I don't believe in Caleb Williams. If that were me, um, and I – get this, if I had a quarterback, or I didn't have a quarterback. Like, how about this? If I'm Washington and I have Sam Howell, I'd rather go forward with Sam Howell than draft Caleb Williams. I'm not buying him. I'm just not. I think he holds on to the ball too long. He's never beaten big teams. He's never won big games. I mean, he puts up numbers but he's a little flaky in the pocket. His pocket presence isn't the best. I, I'm not high on him. I don't know why everyone is. The kid Drake May. Dude, when I look at this year's tone, right? I don't know about you, but are, are you are you like looking at this year's draft and going, wow? I mean, I'm look, I, I look at it like, like last year's draft. CJ Stroud shocked the shit out of me. Now, could there be a – you know who else did? Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, he shocked the hell out of me. I think the two best players that came out of that draft at the quarterback position last year were Richardson and CJ. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overly impressed with these quarterbacks. I mean, the Penix, I think he holds on to the ball and he's got kind of a weird throwing motion. I mean, he got beat up and I thought he started ducking in the pocket when Michigan was beating him up in the fourth. Well, you can't be ducking, man. You got to hang your ass back there in that pocket and take a beating. I don't know. I mean, Will Levis, 
Really? I don't see it either. Okay. Look, I'm just saying, I like Michael Penix. I thought in the semifinal game, was it against Texas? I thought he was brilliant. Against Michigan? I didn't think so much. I thought, he, hey, he kept his team in there. They just got beat up towards the end of the game. Okay? So, um, yeah, Kitchens. Denny, here's my take on Kitchens going to the Eagles. I've talked to Kitchens, and I've talked to Mario Cristobal. And I go, what do you make of him? Now, he had kind of an injury plague senior year. He still made All-American two years in a row. Um, I asked him if he reminded him of Benny Blades at all. And he said, um, it, not really, but he's a good player. Now, I think personally he's a second-round pick. Would Howie take a safety in the second? Like, personally, I think he's better than anybody you have on your team right now. But would Howie waste a two on that? See, to me, I think he goes corner, O-line. O-line's going to be in those top three picks. Okay, you can guarantee they're going to go O-line in those top three picks somewhere. Could be the first pick, the 22 pick. Okay? Then it could be corner and two. I think it's a deep draft at corner. I think you can get some pretty good players this year. The corner position has got some players in there where you could get a guy in the second who can play. Okay? Um, Deion's son, remind, um, I think Deion's son that plays in the secondary, I think he gets beat a lot. I'll tell you what, man, that kid that goes both ways, that 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 receiver, defensive back, he's going to be the first pick in the draft next year. Um, he's going to be the first pick in the draft. He he's he's um that's a special kid. That's at Colorado. That was at Jackson State with him first. The kids, he he's he's the best player in the draft next year unless something catastrophic happens. Okay, that kid, Travis Hunter, is a special football player. He's He is the first. There's nobody in next year's draft that I would take over that kid. Best player in the draft. I'll tell you what. If he was to come out this year, he'd be the number one pick this year. He would. He'd be the number one pick. That's when you know, like, like Will Anderson, like Will Anderson stuff. I mean, he's a great looking football player. All right. Angelo Cataldi is going to join us. I have a question and then I'm going to ask the same question. This is concerning the future coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to put something out there. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. How about this right here? I showed Tone this earlier. Rachel Robinson sent me this. 97. My wife brought it down to me. She's like, how come you don't hang this? Jackie used to play golf with my father at Hubbard Heights um, in Stanford. It was pretty cool. And you heard me and Gary Cobb. Dude, when we were kids, Jackie Robinson used to show up to all of our youth Babe Ruth events. And um, in Stanford, he lived in Stanford. Kids went to school with me. And we'd see him at the Italian Center up in Pound Ridge all the time. It was pretty cool, man. By the way, Angelo Cataldi at the bottom of the hour here. Um... I'm going to say something here about your power structure and how you do business in Philly when it comes to your Eagles. Do you think anybody 
that is the head football coach now and moving forward will ever have a career and be given the opportunity that Andy Reid was given in Kansas City to win multiple championships. You think that organization is set up where a coach can win more than one Super Bowl? Like, Andy Reid would never win three Super Bowls here. Well, you know, wait, I'll, I'll take that back. They gave him 14 years. So it's really after Andy. It's after Andy. Because 14 years, they gave it to him. But once Andy and Joe Banner left, that dynamic changed. You'll never see a 14-year coach in this place. That's not happening. Okay? And we, we have the proof to this. I don't think anybody will ever be given an opportunity to have a lengthy career as a head coach and win multiple Super Bowls in Philadelphia ever as long as Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Laurie are the owner and general manager of your team. Is that fair? I'm going to ask Angelo Cataldi that question. Well, you fired a coach who won a Super Bowl. And you give him a chance to dig out of it. You gave a guy 14 years to win one. You gave a guy two years to dig out of it. Apparently, there's not a chance in it. How many people think Nick Sirianni is going to be the head coach of this place in two years? Do you really believe that? I don't. I don't believe he'll be the coach by week eight next year. Dude, that organization doesn't put a value on its coaches like Kansas City does. How can a coach with a 667 win percentage and a coach with three playoff appearances be on the hot seat? Dude, they should have came out immediately and said, Cilio, all of you are nuts. That wasn't the case. I've never heard a head coach ask this question. Hey, what's your job? What's your job, dude? You think people in that organization are going to empower a coach to become more powerful than them? Dude, i got to give it to Bob Kraft, how he handled the ego of Bill Belichick, and it was his football team. Jerry couldn't handle it with Jimmy. Jimmy started getting all the kudos and praise for winning the Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls. It got to him so bad that he fired Jimmy Johnson, and he's never been back since. And Switzer, all that, I get it. But he's never been back since that regime. I mean, ego gets in the way here, especially in Philly. We run the thing like a thrift shop. I mean, Bob Kraft had to sit back and watch a guy get all the praise for what he did with his team. But at the end of the day, 
You got to give Kraft credit. He stepped in when he had to. Spygate, Deflategate. Hey, Bill, I'm not getting rid of Brady for Garoppolo. That ain't happening. Bill was forced to send Garoppolo to San Francisco. He stepped in when he had to. Jeffrey Lurie steps in because he wants to. That's not a good owner. Now, look, wait a minute. Let me back that up. I, I shouldn't say he's not a good owner because he's done a ton of good things. Ton of good things. So that's not fair. But on the football side, I got a problem with him. How about that? You know, being an owner encompasses more than just football day-to-day operations. Okay? So, I mean, it's not fair to just go and put the owner in a box. But football-wise, I think he's over his over his skis organizationally. I think he does a nice job, man. I don't have a problem with the way he runs the team. I got a problem the way he runs the football side of the team. Okay? Devin goes, he hasn't done enough, Sills. Yeah, because you know why? They micromanage the team instead of letting the coaches do their jobs. Hoss, we've all worked for people that micromanage. And, you know, Marv Levy used to have a great saying all the time, and I loved his saying. Marv Levy was so right. By the way, Angelo Cataldi will join us at the bottom here. Um, he had a great saying. If you're going to come in for 12 hours to guard your desk, I'd rather have you here for four and go home. Get your job, do your work, and go home. Don't sit around and guard your desk all day because I don't need that. That's counterproductive. I need you maximizing your ability, not sitting around just guarding a desk. I always thought that was phenomenal advice for anybody, and I applied that too. Dude, if you're going to sit around and guard your desk all day long and hide under your desk and do nothing productive, what's the point of you showing up for work? But if you're going to give me the best five hours and you're going to complete all the tasks we ask you to do and then above, go home. Spend time with your family. You'll be more in love with your job if you know that I don't have a parameter on time spent versus quality time spent. Marv told me that, and I was like, that's a great advice for all coaches and all business executives. Let's sit around here and just do nothing. What's the point? Garden your desk all day. Great. See, I'll tell you what. Here, here's, here's a great example. You know my guy, Tone? You see Tone on a lot of shows, and you see him. He's also producing a lot of shows. See, Tone can't hide under his desk because we're a boutique network. People at Odyssey, people at Beasley, people at iHeart, you could hide under your desk for five years. And no one will find you. And eventually will find you because you're doing shitty work. But you can't, you can't hide under your desk when you're at a company like ours. Because everybody has to maximize their, their job here. Okay? We're a boutique network which means everybody works for a living. Okay. Sales. Lori can be an excellent owner. Unfortunately has poor executive, poor executives calling the shots. Look, no, no, Bob. I don't think Howie is a poor executive. 
I think Howie is a power hungry guy who overreaches his abilities. Do you understand what I'm saying? They've got to limit him. I think they got to take some of his response. Listen, don't you guys think he'd become a better, don't you think he'd be a better general manager if he did what he did best? Finding players and pro personnel, restructuring contracts, using the cap, helping the team find money to go and replace certain positions. Like here, Ozzie Newsom and Brett Veach, um, DeCastro in Baltimore. These guys run circles around him. Because you know why? They know their limits. Look at Nick Casario. Hey, look at Nick Casario. Do you guys think Howie Roseman's a better general manager than the guy in Houston? Before you say yes, he's got three Super Bowl rings to his name. Being head of personnel with uh, Belichick in New England. So before you start barking that, you might want to take a little look at his history. Okay? You think that guy? That guy, that look what he's doing in Houston. Look what that guy's doing in Houston. Guy's killing it. Of course you do, Stay. Guy with three Super Bowl rings in New England. Helped build that dynasty up in New England after Scott Pioli. And now he's building a football team. We just put a team in the playoffs who was supposed to win four games. You think the guy in Philly's better. Okay. Three to one. I don't know. The tally is even in Casario's favor, guy. Roseman beat him in the Super Bowl. He's got three rings, guy. Three. Oh, God. Lori doesn't have as much time he needs to win soon. I think he's got a lot of time. I don't think there's anything I've heard when it comes to his. I just think he's got to redefine. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be surprised after this year if this thing goes south this year, which I expected to. Okay? I think there's going to be a redefining of a lot of things in that organization. Okay? Roseman's better? Sure. He's a shitty drafter guy. This guy just drafted the offense and defensive player of the year rookie-wise. And Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, and he moved up to get both of them. You're right. Insane. I'll tell you what. I've never seen anything... I mean, there's more content now with the Eagles than there is during the season. I can't believe, man. I mean, so let me get this right. Sirianni all year long goes like this. This is my issue, my issue. And everyone else gets blown out but him. Hey, only one guy, man, because I'll tell you what, we got a lot to hit on here. 
I got the Bible of Philly sports talk. You know why we're one of the most watched shows in Philly? Because I read the Bible. That's why. And it's with Angelo Cataldi on sports talk. That's why, Angelo. How you doing, my friend? Well, it, the, if it is the Bible, given my age, it's the Old Testament. All right? <laughs> Man. I, hey, let me ask you something about Andy Reid. And watching that, and I'm, I'm going to throw this at you here. When I saw Andy Reid picking up that Lombardi trophy, you know, the first thing that popped into my mind, look, 14 years, I get it. You could go back and forth, Angelo. But the first thing I thought about was five, Donovan McNabb, on what could have been if he just embraced maybe the smartest play-calling head coach we've seen since Bill Walsh. I mean, it just seemed like lost opportunity. Yeah. I'm not going that far uh, with the testimonials for the fat man. All right, uh, Dan. I'm sorry, I'm not. I, uh, um, I, I'm going to give you a, a real simple exercise in logic. All right, Andy Reid, in the first 19 seasons, he was an NFL coach. He had these quarterbacks: Doug Peterson, Donovan McNabb, Jeff Garcia, Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick, Vince Young, Nick Foles, Alex Smith. All right, he had all those guys, and then at the as a rookie. Patrick Mahomes. In those 19 seasons, he won zero championships. Zero. In the last five seasons, with a now, you know, really locked in Patrick Mahomes, he won three. All right. Jay, is it maybe Mahomes and not Reed? And you watched, just, just look at the last drive. Just look at the last drive in overtime. And don't get me wrong, it was a great Super Bowl. I loved it. The fourth quarter in overtime, that's the most tense I've ever felt without a team I was rooting for. That was great was. sports drama. It was. It doesn't get better than how exciting that was, all right? But watch the plays as they unfold and watch the genius in the moment of Patrick Mahomes improvising the fourth down play. There were three variables there. He knew exactly what to do when they lined up. That is the magic of Patrick Mahomes way more than it is Andy Reid. The fact that they made the play call, the play call that won it, ironically, was very similar to the two plays that burned the Eagles the previous year. Great play call. I'll give Reid total credit for that, right? Still, perfect execution in the biggest moment of his career by Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. Andy Reid is not the genius that Tony Romo yelled out at the very last play. Oh, Andy Reid, Andy you Reid. You think he's overrated. You think he's overrated. Patrick Mahomes is the reason they're winning championship. Patrick Mahomes is the reason. Not Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a, I can't say he's not a good play caller. He obviously is, right? And he obviously, after 20 for 25 years as a head coach. He's won so much. I just sound like a bitter old man when I tell you I still can't stand the guy. But Patrick Mahomes is the reason they're having parades, not Andy Reid. Give me a break, will you? 
Do you Wait, think he failed in that. Philly? Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Danny. All right, all right, all right. Do you think he failed in Philly then, Andy Reid? Oh, Andy Reid failed in Philly because he couldn't get – well, he didn't have the right quarterback. He have a guy who in the moment knew what to do. All that clock management junk that happened when Andy Reid was at Philadelphia, it was epic. All right, he just kept blowing time out, all the stuff he did. That was because McNabb didn't know how to lead the team in the moment on the field. A coach can only do so much. McNabb held him back from having a chance to win a championship, but he wasn't going to win one until he got a guy like Mahomes, who, honestly, Mahomes has a chance to be better than Brady. You know why? Because he's got more talent than Brady. He's got more talent, and he is so aware in the moment and so locked in on winning. That's the reason you win. I'll go further. Uh, Brady won six with Belichick and one without him, right? Yeah. Brady's the reason Belichick won six, Correct. right? Belichick did nothing before and did nothing after. Well, let me tell you something. Reed is lucky because Reed will be the coach of Mahomes for the rest of Reed's coaching career. So he's probably going to win another one or maybe two. He's definitely a Hall of Famer now, and all that's true. But I watched a man for 14 years win nothing here, and I watched that man never answer a question honestly. And I, my memory is still pretty good. He's never going to be a big hero to me. Never. Wow, you're, not, you're, you're, you're not impressed with him never. as a head coach. No. I, he Look, obviously he's not a – He's a, I, I a lot better than the garbage we saw from Nick Sirianni this year, all right? In his worst year, Andy Reid was not as bad as Nick Sirianni was in 2023. In his worst year, Reid is better than that, all right? But the idea that Reid is this genius because he's he did this when he was here. He just wins over the national media with his fat jokes and his silliness and his just now he's pitching commercials. Those are, you know how hard it is to hate Andy Reid right now, Dan? I put on the TV and he's he's holding up a Lombardi trophy. Then five minutes later, there's a commercial. He's there with Mahomes selling burgers or whatever the hell he's selling. It's very hard to hate Andy Reid in this world today. But I am standing alone in my despising of him even today. Wait a minute. No, because listen, I'm I'm, I'm listening to you here. Because as a former player and now been in this business for 30 plus years, I mean, you so you're you always got the impression, just as a guy like how I cover people, he's a BS artist. Oh, the worst, not even an artist. I wouldn't even give him artist. He wouldn't answer a question. You understand? He wouldn't answer a question. The time is yours. Uh, yeah, let me start with the injuries. It was you could have programmed. You know, they're talking now about uh, AI and, and all these programs, the robotics. He was AI before there was AI. He was a robot before there were robots. All that guy ever did was he never look. I interviewed him enough times. Oh, to I, go. I got it. He didn't answer a damn question ever. And then he'd do a testimonial how much he loved the fans. If he loved the fans, he would have answered a question honestly once in a while, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, just platitudes, mind-numbing cliches. I dealt with it for 14 years every day, Dan. 
it drove me to distraction. And when he left, I was euphoric. I was thrilled. And, and then they brought in somebody who knew how to win a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. And as I sit here now, almost exactly one year after retirement, my greatest frustration in a city that, that prioritizes championships like no other city in America, my greatest frustration is that the city of Philadelphia loves Andy Reid and only likes Doug Peterson, who did win the Super Bowl in five years. Reed 0 for 14, Peterson 1 for 5, Reed is loved, Peterson is liked. I'll never be able to understand that. Do you think the Eagles organization has a lot to do with that? I don't know. I don't understand. You know, the Eagles fired him after 14 years, and Lurie is still, Jeff Lurie, the owner, is still palling around with Reed every chance he can get. and It's all just... I, you know, I don't know. I, I know this. He's that, a weird uh, owner, the way he talks about he's, – he's, you know, there, there's good and then there's weirdness to him and how he yeah. operates. Well, there's one thing that's come to my attention since I talked to you after the Eagles were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. And this is so mind-boggling to me. I, I, if, if I were on WIP, this would have been my show for two weeks after the Eagles were eliminated. Jeff Lurie watched his team implode the way no Eagles team has in the history of the NFL. I don't know that any other team did with the Eagles Never did seen it 10-1. I think it's ever happened. The man got up from his luxury suite in Tampa and traveled to St. Martin to purchase a new yacht. Now, in the annals of bad PR, when your city is bleeding from the demise of your team, that you are flaunting your billionaire status by buying a new yacht to me is not a great PR move. And I would have pounded that into the ground until the Eagles PR department called my bosses and told me to shut up, at which point I would have had a fight with my bosses. <laughs> but that's the way it works. Yeah, I, that guy is totally tone deaf in his own city, Jeff Lurie. And he is a man who is completely separated from the reality of his fan base and his team because he surrounds himself with ass kissers. He surrounds himself with Nick Sirianni's who will do whatever he asks him to do. You know why Sirianni's still the coach? Syria, yeah, because he walks coach. around because he just saying yes. He went in there and he bowed down. You bet. And he said, I won't have any control over the offense. I won't have any control over the defense. I won't have any control over special teams. I will not really have any say. If there's any strategic issues that come up in games in 2024, I don't have to worry about that because I got Jeff Lurie's son and his analytics department. Julian Lurie leads the analytics department. They have already figured out every fourth down situation. All I got to do is look down or hear in my ear what I should be doing fourth and two from the 37-yard line because Lurie has already looked at it, J Julian Lurie, and yep. they've already figured all that out. So I can literally 
stand on the sideline and do nothing for three hours, 17 times in the season, and then I can still be called a head coach. That's what's going on here. He'll only deal with people who tell him how right he is. That's Jeff Lurie. It's always been the way he is, and it's worse now than it's ever been. He went yacht shotting the yacht shopping the yacht. day after that end of the season. In a I would have made city that. like Philly, who that's oh. a civic pride right. entity, that Eagle right. team, this guy's out yeah. spending hundreds of millions uh, of dollars of on their a money. yacht. Of their money. That of they their money. Them, and it's and then they're going to raise ticket prices to pay for Jalen Hurts' contract. You know that's coming. There's going to be a ticket price raise, and uh, he's taking the money of the fans, yeah. buying a yacht, yeah. and then he's going to raise ticket prices on you, and he brings back that clown Sirianni, and he fires the entire coaching staff except yeah. him. Well, we had to wait nine days because he was at St. Martin for the first three or four, and then it snowed. So, I mean, you know, priorities are in order here. We're not going to deal with the crisis on the team where we got a yacht to shop for. I don't know if he bought one. I'm going to assume he did, but he went shopping for a yacht. I, you got to be kidding me. Damn. How did this story not get more play in our town? Oh, well, here, I'll hook you up. Uh, Bob Lang calling and having, uh, making sure that all the key fobs yeah. and everyone knows their position when it comes yeah. to key fob um, yeah. accessibility to the place. You either want to come in or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't, guess what? You want to start talking like that. That's a damn shame, too, because it's not the same in Philadelphia when it had you and Howard on the way you guys would talk. And I'll, I'll ask. I'll no, ask no, you. don't put Howard in there. Howard is the biggest Eagles ass kisser there is. Howard, to, to be able to be on the sideline, hasn't had a negative word to say about the Eagles in 15 years. So don't lump him in. Okay. I am a voice in the wilderness now, Dan Solaire. I am the I'm with last you. No, man I'm with standing. You. And I am here as a dinosaur. No, I am here with you. I'm here with you, Angelo. No, I think I, you are, Dan. Is... You're the last. Now you're the last man standing because I'm lying down most of the time now. <laughs> and what did you make of them completely retooling the uh, defense and offense and keeping <laughs> one guy and keeping the guy who's going to cost them, yeah. in my opinion, next year a chance to really turn this thing around? I mean, here, here, I'll, I'll even put it this way to you, Angelo. My concern is not with Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts. My concern is Nick Sirianni and the relationship with Kellen Moore. How's that dynamic going to work when Kellen Moore wants to run something, Sirianni overrules him? No, it's going to work because Sirianni's not overruling anybody. He already, gave, he already gave the power away. Kellen Moore will be the final word on the offense. They're not going to say this, but I'm telling you, that's the way it works now. The only way Sirianni could save his job would be to completely abdicate himself, take himself completely out of the equation. And then when they asked him, well, what are you going to do now? Oh, I'm the CEO. I'm now the CEO of the Philadelphia Eagles. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I've never heard of that. He's not in charge of anything. And he's not going to be. And he's not calling the play. And, and after the game, Kellen Moore should be the one that's answering the questions about what happened on offense. And Vic, Vic Fangio should be the one to answer the questions on defense because those are the guys who are running those two units. Now yeah. I know why, Angelo, you've only won one Super Bowl in 30 years. 
it, yep. this stuff here is it's chaos in the organization. It's self-inflicted. Well, yeah, it's 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 dysfunctional. Let's put it that way. But they had a good enough team two years ago to win it for sure. And the defense flopped in the second half. You Coaching. saw what happened with a T plays hard. The, the Niners gave him everything they could deal with. They really did. They went after him. Yep. Nick Boza had 10 pressures. Nick Boza, 10 times. Warner he was had, great. He had the quarterback within range. 10 times he had Mahomes running for his life. Right? That's what the Eagles could have used the year before. And this past year, they weren't as good a team because they let go of uh, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards. They let go of uh, Hargrave. Hargrave. They let go of some top defensive people, and they got burned for doing it, right? But they were better than losing seven of the last six of the last seven. They were a lot better team than that. They fell apart, and they fell apart because the coach doesn't know what he's doing. How about and this, Angelo? I know the agent for Cliff Kingsbury. And yep. whether you like Clint Kingsbury or not, I want to show you and listen to a process that went on. So they did a Zoom first interview with him. Then they had a sit down in person with him. Things were going great. They were going to draw up the contracts and he was going to be now, whatever you think of him, I'm not, it's not really the issue because he has worked with an RPO guy in Mahomes and also with Murray. Yep. And what they did was once they started talking money, Got a little bit tight, dicey. Then when Kingsbury said, hey, I want to bring certain guys in to bring out the best in Hurts from the 22 season by bringing RPO guys in, the organization, from mm -hmm. what I'm being told, they went, whoa, and they balked and they passed because he was going to get that job as OC in wow. Philadelphia. Instead, he goes to Washington. It just goes to your point that they are in control of the hirings of right. all assistant coaches. And this leads back to what you always said with Doug. This is why Doug kicked the rock down the road. Oh, he did. There's no question about it. Um, then that means they're moving away from RPOs for good. They are. They want a better version. Right. The reason they're bringing Kellen Moore in, in my opinion, they don't want the 22 hertz. They want a better version of 23 what RPO quarterback is Kellen, no. Kellen Moore? That's not an RPO guy. No. Justin Herbert is clearly not an RPO guy. You're right. So you're going to see less running. Yep. They're going to see more passing. And personally, Angelo, you paid $50 million, $255 million for the 22 version. Right. You're changing the guy from what he was. Patrick Mahomes won that game. Why? 66 yards rushing. He turned into an RPO guy. That's the only Great. reason they beat the Niners. A hundred percent. Patrick Mahomes is God to me right now. He's just so damn good. He wills himself to victory. He he covers the imperfections of his own head coach who couldn't win anything the first 19 years. Uh, but the, the, all this tells me is if they, they made an organizational decision not to go back to the RPO, so they needed to get a coach who would do their bidding on whatever the new – style was that they wanted to adopt. Vic Fangio's here because he runs a bend but don't break, right. but he does it a lot better than Sean Desai, who worked for Fangio. So they went, well, Fangio runs the kind of defense we want. Kellen Moore will run the kind of offense we want. So we are basically the determinants of everything that happens in our football team. All right, you're the owner, you're the, the general manager, that's fine. 
Whatever made you think you were this brilliant at, that you got this deeply involved? I'll tell you what did. You won a Super Bowl. Now, if you really want to analyze the winning of that Super Bowl in 2017, you'll realize it was an outlier. It was a one in a million shot. It was unbelievable that it happened. But what it did was it solidified in the egomaniacal mind of Jeff Lurie and to some degree the GM, Howie Roseman, that they are brilliant now at football, that they are the champions. They are the 49ers that they used as their model 30 years ago. When they first came in, they said, we want to be like the Niners. Now they think, well, we are. We're the champs. And you know what? That leads me to believe they'll never win another one. No. If, if their fingerprints are that much over, what they're doing on the offense and defense, that they're determining exactly what they're going to want and bringing coaches in to do that, we're screwed. How about this? Every Britain coach Coveney. is different. Every Britain coach Coveney, is different. Um, you got to let the coach coach. Britton Covey reached out to me, Angelo, and he wanted to have a conversation. We had a conversation because I posted – because he said something um, on Radio Row in Vegas where, and I said, how long before you walk this one back or Bob Lang makes you walk this thing back where he said that, get this. Well, you know, the players and the coaches were kind of at odds towards the end of the year. And he said this two weeks ago and I'm sitting there going like this. And I go, Britain, are you going to walk this one back? How long before the PR department gets in your ass before you start walking everything back like everyone else. So again, of course, I get heat from that from certain people that you know. And I, I'm sitting there going, Britain contacts me. Well, I think he's telling the truth. And you bring that guy back that had all the discord in the locker room. Angelo, he's not a problem solver. You're not going to, no. when things go south, that guy is not going to solve a problem for you next year. Would it shock you that he doesn't last past week eight next year? Well, yeah, they let one of the coordinators they picked uh, take over. Kellen Moore, who interviewed for the job, probably pro that'd be fine. You know what? They don't. The Eagles don't have a head coach now. You understand that? I just try to explain that, that he's not in charge of your offensive defense. The all the analytics have taken care of the strategy. He's not. Oh, he's in charge of the news conferences. Oh, now that he's a master. <laughs> of. He and he's awful at all of it. He can't coach. He just proved it, but he's still there. Why? Because he is their Pinocchio. I got no strings to hold me down. <laughs> <laughs> they asked him, they asked him oh, what, who decided to go from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia? I got an 82-inch high-definition screen, Dan. I focused it up tight. And when he went, that was my decision. Stiani nose grew. An inch and a quarter, just like Pinocchio. Are you kidding me? Uh, really? Do you think we're that stupid? Uh, the only problem now is, Dan, you're the voice in the wilderness. You're the only one calling these guys out and not worrying about what the PR department says. Because this is a disaster waiting to happen. The Eagles next year will win. Nostradamus. Five games. Oh, hey, listen. Okay, wait a minute. Five so Angelo's on record. Five and 12. Five and 12. Take the under. Take the under. Five, Five and 12. 12. I don't say that with joy. I love the Eagles. I want them to win every game. 
five. One hand. You, if you want to remember my prediction, think of a guy who blew it for a decade here. Number five, Donovan McNabb. Five. <laughs> That's what they got this year. Five. Uh, uh, five hey. wins. Uh, you when you when you look at me, you must because I look at you and I see and I'm like, we're the only people that think like this, man. I said the same thing. I mean, Angelo, you made the prediction at the end how many games they would lose. Yeah. Now I got to go. A couple last questions here for you, Jalen Hurts. You really think and you're confident then that Jalen Hurts can overcome the incompetence around him? to turn his career around when you have all this discord around him. He couldn't do it this year. He couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't overcome the incompetence. He couldn't do it. My best bet on him is that um, after this next season, when they have a losing season, he will become a malcontent. He will become much more. He's already got that tendency to where, you know, he's like, you could tell. You could tell at the end of last season he was not happy, all right? Uh, he's going to start becoming another version of A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown's not happy right now, all right? A.J. Brown didn't think they used him correctly this year, and he happens to be correct. He's right, all right? It's the same thing where, where you saw what happened on the sideline with Travis Kelsey. Here's what nobody wants to say about that. Travis Kelsey almost knocks – uh, uh, Andy Reid on his fat ass right on the sideline Super Bowl. You know why? Because it's the second quarter and he's had one touch and Travis Kelsey knows that he's the best weapon on offense and they won the game in the second half and kept throwing Travis Kelsey the ball. He had to practically assault Andy Reid to get him to call his number. Right? Oh, then they win. Oh, Andy Reid, my God, what a genius. He almost got assaulted by his biggest star on offense other than Mahomes because he wasn't calling his number. Give me a break, will you? Hey, Stay Angelo, Angelo, now I'll finish that take. Yep. Well, if that's A.J. Brown or if that's Antonio Brown or if that's a black player, yep. that black player is run out of the league. Yeah. Okay. The cops would have let him off the field like yeah. they did with Big Dom. Remember yeah. Big Dom? <laughs> I saw – hey, by the way, did he not put – did he not – now, look, I can't do this because Angelo knows this, so I have to aim it way over yeah. here. I think Big Dom threw the Maloik. I yeah. think he dropped the Maloik on Greenlaw because yeah. when that kid was running out on the field, man, yeah. out of nowhere, a sniper Nothing. hit him. And I was wow. like, Big Dom must have dropped – he must have dropped I the Maloik. I never thought of that. The guy got wiped out running out of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he dropped the ball. Hey, you know what? You got me suspended. <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. Works every, Works every time. time. Hey, Angelo, how's the book coming? And I hope everyone gets it. Make yeah. sure you go to Amazon. Thank you. Thank you. The audio book should be out in a month or so. Uh, it's all recorded. It's all edited. They showed me the cover. There's even a cover for audiobooks. I didn't even know there was one. Uh, it should be out soon, and I'll give people more information. Just go to AngeloCatelli.com. And I write on my blog all the time. In the middle of all of what happened right after the Super Bowl, I did trash Andy Reid. 
on my blog if you want to read it. I do. Just go there and you'll see some of this stuff. Uh, uh, why still I'm not a believer. All these years, still not a believer. I got you. Angelo, you are absolutely great. You know, it, it just seems I'm the only guy that talks like you left. That's left in yeah. this thing here because that's you no, and I, is. I don't see it. I, I don't see the, I, I don't see what they're doing and I'm not buying what they're doing. They're not, you're trying to sell me land in the Everglades when I know it's going to sink. Exactly. And uh, that applies to Andy Reid too. We're being sold a lot of baloney these days. Somebody's got to be there to tell the truth. And now it's all on you, Saleo. I'm tired and I'm old and I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Angelo. I appreciate it, my friend. See you later, Danny. You bet. Never, ever in a million years did I expect him to go after Andy Reid like that. Called him basically a nobody. Okay. Holy cow. Completely five wins. He's predicting five wins. That was absolute. Hey, that was Angelo Cataldi at his best. At his best. Holy cow. Did he go all in? Dude, the Kurt. Oh, I, I, I'm. Hey, he really threw me a curveball with the whole Andy Reid thing. I won't lie to you. Thinks he's a phony. Thinks it's all Mahomes. You know, I want to say this. You know, Brett Veach and Andy didn't find Mahomes. It was John Dorsey. You know, you know who everybody in the media wanted you guys to draft? Deshaun Watson. Or they wanted Kansas City to draft. Excuse me. They wanted Kansas City to draft Deshaun Watson instead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I actually posted that video of John Dorsey saying when everyone was going like this, I disagree with you guys. He's on. Will Kane said he's undisciplined. Chris Carter attacked him and said the only guy winning titles is going to be Deshaun Watson. Um, Shannon Sharp ripped him a new one and said that Patrick Mahomes is not a good player. When he named all those quarterbacks, Andy had in the past opened your eyes a little bit. I'm a Dougie P guy. That's me. And that's my guy, Tone. Don't forget, 430. We will talk to him. Hey, Dan, does he purposely say the long? Hey, when you're Angelo Cataldi, you could say Saleo. Okay. You could you you could call me Silio when you're Angelo Cataldi. I don't care. You think I'm correcting Angelo on my my name? I'm not doing that. I'm good there. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. We're gonna hit on that. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I almost didn't make it back because I had to. Um, I had to post that. I had to post that. He called Howard Eskin the biggest ass kisser in Philadelphia Eagle history. Let me think. Is Tone an Eagle ass kisser? No. He's Rob. No. Is anybody on our network? No. No. IP? That's another thing. 97.5, I don't know. I don't, probably not because they're not the flagship. Man. How you doing? Howard Eskin got called the biggest eagle ass kisser of all time. <laughs> oh, that's going to cause. I can't wait to see the response of that thing. Holy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, is that going to be worth the price? Hey, my Twitter page. Make sure you check out at Dan Cilio show because I'm sure that Howard's not going to let that go down. Called him the biggest ass kisser of all time. He goes, don't throw him in there. Don't throw him in there. That guy's an ass kisser. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, man. Angelo was ready for a heavyweight championship fight today. This guy blew up Andy Reid. He blew up Sirianni. blew up the Eagles. He blew up the owner. Holy shit. Andy Reid's, he's a bum. <laughs> okay. I don't know. He goes, everyone's in love with this guy. He's a bullshit artist. I go, you think he's a BS artist? Yeah. Oh, my God. Howard Eskin's the biggest bullshit artist in Eagle history. Come on now. Holy cow. Hey, we got, hey, my friend, Tone is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Holy cow. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. I want to show you something here about, we had a conversation yesterday about DeAndre Swift. Okay. Holy cow. Man, Howard got called. He got called out by Angelo. He got called out. By the way, we have our final for 2023-24 top 10 NFL quarterbacks and teams. Favorites to win the Super Bowl. And MVP for 2024 odds. We're going to do that. Okay. But here, how many people believe 
and I did some more research into this, that DeAndre Swift will be back. Hey, Reggie, he did. He pulled out the greatest hits. He, he, he pulled out the greatest hits. This guy left nothing. It was like scorched earth. And Dan Saleo, you're the last one standing. I know it. I know, Angelo. It's so lonely. It's just lonely. Lonely. I know. Man, it's just me. What am I going to do? Thank you, Angelo. Oh, it's hard fighting this battle. Especially when you got ass kissers at 10 and 1. That's not the team. It's not the team. The coach is a cheerleader. I'm so happy he's back. For what? Get you a cup of coffee? Uh, seriously, man, go get me a Kreller and a coffee. Three sugars. I like it extra sweet. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Hey, senor, I'm looking at your side of it, jackass. Not my side of it, because you're so sure he's coming back. Maybe. How about this one? Senor, maybe I'm wrong. That's what's called debate, conversation, or do you not like that? Okay. Yeah, hey, Barb, I like that. You know what? You could see like I could I could see like um Sirianni wearing one of those like um those um Wendy's hats serving you one of those square burgers. You know what I'm saying? He looked good in a restaurant. Take your order. <laughs> hey, watch this. Hey, Kellen, take your order. Vic, what do you need? I'll run down to Wawa. I hear they have good pretzels. That's what Tone says. Okay. Yeah, let's get yeah, okay. Mustard? Of course. What are we talking here? What are you? From what are you from? Birmingham? Of course there's mustard involved. Okay, yeah. All right. Bada bang, right? <laughs> and it's he runs the Wawa. There's gotta be a Wawa near the there's gotta be a Wawa near the Novacare Center. Um Kellen, what do you need? Coffee, Kreller. How about a donut? That's for Big Dom. All right. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hmm? Hey, Vic. Yeah, what do you need? Pepto-Bismol? <laughs> Preparation H? Hey, Don. You're going to need... Hey, Vic's going to need Preparation H for that defense he's got to fix. Hey, Don. Okay? He's going to need Preparation H to fix that thing. All right. Hey, senor, let me ask you, what do you think the chances of DeAndre Swift coming back? Let's revisit that. What do you think the shot is of him coming back? Senor, why don't you kick us off with this? Do you think he's back? Senorita. <laughs> Lorenzo says zero. 
Why'd you change? I didn't change my opinion on Andy Reid. I happen not to agree. I think Andy Reid's a good play caller. Hey, that's Angelo's opinion. What do you mean blast him? Why? Because he doesn't what? Because he doesn't. What do you want me to do? Go after him like you guys go after Trent Cole because he's boys with Trump? Yeah, that's typical. Guy has a take. Let him speak his take. You know my position. I talk to you. He's got a different take to me. That's why people come back on my program. I don't argue with my, sometimes I do. Bring me on the show and I'll tell you all about Swift. I'm not talking, senor, you know what? Now you're starting to sound like somebody that used to come on our show or used to be like um, a guy who used to like kind of contribute to the thing and he thought he was bigger than he was and he was a nobody. You argue with me. Oh, that's right. I argue with Tone. Hey, we go back and forth. And he got, hey, Tone's actually called me a dick. Not so many words, but he, you know, you know, he's, he's subtle. He's slick. Hey, you know, he, I know, I know what he does. I know the game he plays. I get it. I get it. Okay. And I know, hey, no, hey, he don't, no, no. You, see, I've been doing this too long. I know when somebody is calling me an asshole and calling me a, you know what, a dick. And I know when he does it, and I love the way he does it too, because that's why he's going places. Because you know what he does? Unlike our politicians in Washington, this guy knows how to get through a doorway. That's what I'm saying to you about my friend Tone, who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour here. You know, he did bring this up, and I heard him with Rob. But let me show you guys this. How many people believe this guy's coming back? Well, Tone said something, and I'm going to expand on it right now. Here are the rankings for the top free agents at the running back position. Number one, Saquon Barkley. Number two, Josh Jacobs. Number three, Derrick Henry. Number four, Tony Pollard. Number five, Austin Eckler. Number six, DeAndre Swift. Sixth. Number seven, J.K. Dobbins, Baltimore. Number eight, Devin Singletary, Houston. Boy, I'll tell you, I would like to have Devin Singletary on the Eagles. I think that guy is a better power runner than Swift. I wouldn't mind that guy on the Eagles. And he's the eighth guy. I might say that could be an upgrade. That kid, is that the Gator kid? Devin Singletary in Houston? Is that the kid that played at Florida? That played against the Eagles two years ago? Is that the kid? Because that kid can play if that's the kid that I saw a couple years ago when I thought he had a good game against the Eagles. He played at FAU. All right, yeah. That's the kid that played at FAU. That kid can play. He had a good game against that good Eagle defense, too. I mean, he, I, I think he's a good ball player. And he's 26. 
Shit, man. Let me finish here. Nine. A.J. Dillon, Green Bay, is at nine. I like this kid, Zach Moss, who backed up Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, too. Those are your 10 and top 10 running backs in the free agent market. So, senor, if you're DeAndre Swift, what kind of money are you looking at being the six-ranked guy behind Austin Eckler, Pollard, Henry Jacobs, and Barkley? Are you looking at $5 million? I still think that's, you know, you got to make a decision on that, don't you? Four million? I'll tell you what, man. That's a great call. Austin Eckler and Kellen Moore work together out in Los Angeles, and he loves Austin Eckler. And you put him in that with behind that offensive line, Austin Eckler, he can catch. He's kind of like Christian McCaffrey, and he's a tough runner. Hey, you give me, I'll tell you what, that Devin Singletary thing intrigues me. I think that A.J. Dillon kid's good. I like the kid Zach Moss. Damian Pierce was, okay. I don't know, man. You think being the sixth-ranked running back, you think that kid's getting $5 million? A.J. Dillon and Singletary in the backfield? Kind of like that. Eckler is a beast. I don't want I don't want Saquon Barkley. I have no interest in paying that kind of money. They're not paying $10 million to that guy or $8 million. Stay in your lane. AJ Dillon runs powered, just brute force. Plus, he just plus he has never eclipsed 200 carries. <clears throat> And he played in that Matt LaFleur system. I like that. Swift at most four million. Okay, four, let's just say four million. Do you think that Howie Roseman's gonna pay four million dollars for DeAndre Swift? I don't. Not when you have guys and options here. I'd offer Swift five, not me. I have no interest in paying him $5 million. Eckler was a six-round pick, I think. I know Austin Eckler when he was in uh, with the Chargers. Um, Draft a damn back. No. Dude, how many young guys you can have on your football team? So you think you're going to land on a Pacheco? What running back has Howie Roseman drafted that you thought was a consistent power back? Sanders? Okay. 
Swift is the most versatile. No, he's not. He doesn't run with power. Um, I'm sorry. He was a downgrade to Miles Sanders last year. By the numbers, too. And touchdowns. Not go, We don't have to go back over this. We've already done it. And if you weren't here yesterday, we showed it. it was a downgrade. And behind an old line that you spent, like, what is it? 30, 45, 50, 65 million dollars on? You better get a thousand yard back. Shady was a great back. You know, absolutely Shady was a Shady was a great back. And misleading numbers too. Um, was he a downgrade in the money? No, I think they made about the same million and a half when he played here and he gained those yards. You're looking at Carolina. I'm talking about Miles Sanders in Philly. Would I have paid Miles Sanders $6 million? Absolutely not. I'd have let him walk too. I would totally would have. That's one thing that, get this, that the Eagles have been consistently good at, moving on from running backs. Last two years, they got 2,000 rushing yards out of two dudes are going to move off of. I'd do it again. I'd go get another guy. Your pet, you got the old line. You're going to make anybody look good. Hey, man, even the Lions moved on from Swift. You're making it sound like DeAndre Swift is this golden gem. He's not. The Lions didn't need him. They were a better team without him. And you weren't as good a running team with him. Um, <clears throat> Mike Vrabel would be too much, Charlie. Okay? Would be too much. They replaced him with Gibbs. Yeah, rookie. You didn't know what you were getting with him. You assumed you knew what you were getting with him. You assumed it. That's right. Lucius, you got it right there. His blitz pickup is absolutely atrocious. And his blocking is terrible. Absolutely terrible. His his blocking. Okay? His his blocking is terrible. So, yes. No, Gibbs is, hey, Gibbs is better than I thought he was. I don't, hey, look, I think Sweat's a good player. But I'm not paying $5 million or $4 million for him. I'm not. Hey, dude, yeah, I know, man. They landed on the right guy. Travis, hey, would you spend $4 million on DeAndre Swift or $4 million on Derrick Henry? Because Tone and I, when we looked at it, that was his market value. Derrick Henry's market value is $4 bucks. 
And if I'm spending four million bucks on somebody, I'm spending four million bucks on Derrick Henry before I bring that dude back. Derrick Henry's going to create what? A lot of help for Jalen Hurts. And he blows up blitzers. And this guy here is great in running the ball in between the tackles. Okay? You put Hen. I'll tell you what. Derrick Henry might make Kenny Gainwell look even better. Shit, I'd be okay going into a season with Kenny Gainwell and Derrick Henry. If you had to. Now, to me, I'd get rid of, I'd get rid of Kenny Gainwell, get a guy that can catch. Henry can't catch. Just take a look at that. Really, Henry can't catch. When that's really pretty much all the offense they've ever had. So you said Henry can't catch. Derrick Henry, stats. You're saying Derrick Henry can't catch. Okay, let's take a look at that. Let's not even look at his tremendous running and his ability to run. Let's take a look at receiving and what he does in receiving and receiving yards. So last year he had 28 catches for 214. Year before that he had 33 catches for 400 yards. Um, and he catches roughly around 25 passes a year. He's got 155 catches for 1458 and three touchdowns. Let's take a look at what DeAndre Swift did last year. What was his numbers in receiving and his yards? How many how many receiving yards did he have last year, DeAndre Swift? Draft a running back. I like that one that can catch. How many was it? 214? So pretty much the same guy. And Henry had 1,300 yards rushing behind that shitty O-line. Derrick Henry behind the Eagle O-line will go for 60. He'll lead the NFL in rushing. Okay? He'll lead the NFL in rushing. In rushing. Over the past three seasons, when targeted, Derrick Henry had a catch rate of 90 to 80 and 78%. He definitely can catch. You imagine Derrick Henry behind Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, Cam Jurgens, and Jordan Malata. And that guy's running the ball. My prediction at 30 years old, 1,800 yards. But that's not what the Eagles want. They wouldn't want Jalen to have a guy back there that could help him look like 22. Or actually, if you got Derrick Henry, you would help him to be a better version of 23. DeAndre Swift didn't help him become a better quarterback. And to that matter, nor did A.J. Brown. He was worse. Dude, the Tennessee Titans have 
ranked one of the worst O-lines in pro football the last three years. He's behind the Eagle O-line, which is considered one of the top three O-lines. You're telling me that a future Hall of Famer wouldn't gain more yards behind the better O-line and the better quarterback. You're trying to make an argument that's not factual. Barkley's too expensive. He's too expensive. I mean, yeah, it's too much. I mean, look, Josh Jacobs is going to get money. Saquon, here, here. How much money? Let, let's first and foremost do this. How much money do you think that the Eagles are going to allocate to the running back position? I say they do this. I say, who's better, Henry or Peterson? I'm going to say AP. But I'll tell you what, if you pick AP and I get Derrick Henry, I'm going to be okay with it. Okay? Adrian Peterson's a different dude and his longevity and his power and man, he's a good player. That's who the, I wanted the Bucks to draft. I thought Adrian Peterson was a great running back. He's the last running back to win the most valuable player award too, I think. Yeah, you know what? Anthony, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You want to you want to get production out of he's only four million dollars. How about this? If you got 800 yards or 900 yards out of Derrick Henry at four million, say he carried the ball 150 times, but he averaged five and a half yards a carry. Do you understand how impressive that is? And he gives you 10 touchdowns. Isn't that what you're looking for? You're looking for a guy to move the sticks, not gain yards. I want a guy who's over five yards of carry, five and a half yards of carry. Every time he touches the ball, every two times he touches the ball, he gives you a first down. Every time AJ, get this, before I bring Tone on, Tone, and Tone's watching right now, check it out. So every time AJ Brown catches the ball, every two times, gives you a first down. Every time Derrick Henry runs the ball every two times, he he gives you a first down. That opens up Devontae Smith. Let's bring our guy Tone in. We got a lot to talk about, especially after the assassination. <laughs> What's going on, Big Sis? How you feeling today, sir? Hey, man, I don't know. I, did, so I, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't realize that it would be an all-out assault. Hey, man, that's that's the legend. That's Angelo for a reason, man. Look, he ain't, he ain't saying nothing that we don't already know, man. Let's, let's be honest. So, be you honest know what, it. Tone? This is why you've never – like, look, I know that you like Andy. He's, a, he's all right with me. He's okay. Yeah, he's, I'm right. A, I'm a, I'm a no, dug. but you know what? Angelo makes you think about it when you're you're more like this. You know what? That's kind of what I really thought about when Angelo's talking. Maybe to not that extent, but I mean, is th does Angelo was he right on how a lot of Philly people looked at him? Listen, Andy Reid. 
I, I, I got you. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I can only go off of what I heard, right? Living in the city, listening to the OGs talk. That's all I can do. And all I ever heard in the city when it came to Andy Reid, right? Choke artist. Doesn't understand how to use a clock. What the hell's wrong with his fat ass? All this kind of stuff. Like, you're hearing all that stuff. Cheese, cheeseburger Andy. You, 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 you're hearing all that kind of stuff. Look, man, Andy is doing an amazing job with the Chiefs. Let's not, let's not dismiss that, right? But when you got the quarterback and make – listen, I'll put you this way. You want, to see a, you want to see a Hall of Fame head coach? I'll show you a Hall of Fame quarterback. How many, Hall of Fame, how many Hall of Fame head coaches got in without a Hall of Fame quarterback? Um, only one I could think of. Right. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's a couple. Gibbs. Yeah, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's a couple. But when you really dial it back, if a, if a, if a coach is going to get into the Hall of Fame, he has to have the guy. And when you don't have the guy, you look like Andy Reid. You look like Andy Reid for 14 years in Philadelphia. That's how it looks. You know what I mean? That's all. But I think Andy's good at his job, though. His, what's that? But I but I do think Andy is great at his job. Let, let, let me not dismiss his, his – he's very great at his job. But 14 years, so if, if I'm in a – No, no, I agree. Yeah, you know I mean, if, if, if we're together for 14 years and you still ain't – you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I got it. I got it. Stop you to walk. Right, right. But if I'm still talking to senior after 14 years, I'm in trouble. <laughs> hey, uh, oh hey, Howard Eskin, biggest eagle ass kisser. He, he messed me. He messed me up with that one. <laughs> I was back here cracking the hell hey, up. When I I, I couldn't believe you. Don't put him in there. He's the biggest eagle ass kisser I've ever known. I was speechless. I was speechless. Now I I don't necessarily co-sign that, but I was speechless. <laughs> Okay, Tone, I think you and me are going to get into it a little bit here. Uh-oh, here we go. I'm sorry, dude. I don't think Hassan Reddick is a priority coming back. I just don't at $15 million, man. And get this. First and foremost, let's take this in chronological order. Mm -hmm. Do you think the agent leaked it out, or do you think the Eagles leaked it out? Which part? The, the 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 first story or the or Hassan the story Reddick? about well, the story about yeah, that's a good call. Are they? That's a good call. Did the Eagles first put it out that we've given permission, or was it the agent that said have, the, have that's a good call? I I didn't think about the first part of it. I think the Eagles put it out first. I think the Eagles. The first and so song. the second part with the story with the uh um with the reporter with how, is right, a retort. Correct, correct. That's what I think. Um, I think the Eagles threw the first blow saying, Hey, we're we're giving Hassan permission to seek a trade. We all knew this was brewing. You and I have been talking about this for weeks. We all knew this, I think you and I were the first people to say, I think Hassan Reddick should be put up for a trade. Me you too. And I, you and yes, I talk about that. Now, look, did. as a fan, I have my own wants. But when I think about the business and I think about it from the analytical perspective, I had to approach it from a different perspective, right? You know, I said, I said on Sports Take earlier, would I love to have Hassan Reddick back? Absolutely. How much? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. But the, the number has to be right. And I'm glad we're talking about the money because it forced me to really dig deep at the Sports Take because um, I had to really make sure I had my numbers correct here. I wanted to compare Hassan Reddick to his peers, the people that's currently making either the same or more money than him, right? But I, but I, I completely ignored guys making twenty million or more. So, I, after Von Miller makes twenty million per year, right? 
I have to Von, Von Miller. Miller's a better player today. No, no, no. Right, right, right. I'm not comparing him to Von Miller. I just want you to follow me here. All right. At, at, after Von Miller, you have Harold Landry with the Titans making 17.5 million per year. That's a new contract he signed a couple years ago. He's 27 years old. He's 6'2. He's 252 pounds. Now keep this in mind. Hassan Reddick is 29, 6'1, 240. So keep those measurables in mind. And he was making 15 million. Harold Landry for the Titans, 27, 6'2, 252 pounds, 17.5 million a year. The Seahawks, Jermont Jones, 27, 6'3, 281, 17.1 million per year. A new contract he signed last. Eric Armstead, 30 years old, 6'7, 290, 17 million per year. Daniil Hunter, 29, 6'5, 263, 17 million per year. On the current contract, his estimated market value is twenty million per year. I could go on and on and he's on. I have more. Thirty-three, I think. Oh, uh, say it, say it one more time. I think he's thirty-three. Also, Daniil's twenty-nine. Oh, he's twenty-nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Daniil's Daniil Hunter's twenty-nine years old, six-five, two sixty-three. As far as his weight, man, I like and, him. And like, in twenty in twenty twenty-three, he made seventeen million. His estimated market value right now is twenty million. Yeah, now we can stop there. A lot of money. Right. Now, we can stop there, and I'm going to tell you why we can stop there, right? Hassan Reddick and Daniel Hunter are the exact same age, 29 years old, right? Now. Not close in talent, though. No, I agree, and I'm glad you said that because over the past over the past four seasons, right, Daniel Hunter had 16.5 sacks, 10.5 sacks, 6 sacks, 14.5 sacks, right? Hassan Reddick over the past four seasons, 11, 16, 11, 12 and a half. Now, here's the here's the main difference between the two. Here's why Daniel Hunter is worth more than Hassan Reddick. Because of the size. When he's you're six, that, five, right? He's 6'5", 263 compared to Hassan Reddick, 6'1", 240. That's why his market value is what it is. If Hassan Reddick was sick, if Hassan Reddick was any bit taller, any bit more weight on him, I think I think his market value will be significantly higher. Teams want those big bodies, those prototypical bodies at the edge position. Think about this. Josh Sweat, he's about 6'3, 6'4, weighs like weighs about 260, 270, something like that. He, he's around there, maybe 250. But my point is again, his market value is 21.5, which is higher than Daniel Hunter's. Now, the only reason how the only reason Josh Sweat has a higher market value is because he's younger than is younger than and he, Daniel. And he and, and he does more. So, again, my point in saying all that is, although Hassan Reddick may want $20 million, the market is telling you that's not the case but because, here, of, your, because, because of the limitations with his size. Yeah, Hassan Reddick okay. is one of the I, – I, I don't think it's the size. It I is, though. It's his limitations on his ability. I can, I can go on and on. When I you, don't when think you compare he's it, very good – significantly. it's an abortion on covering – it's an abortion on covering tight ends or backs for him. He's significantly undersized at the position. Every every name that I've gone down and I've, I've written down many more. Tight ends they, own him. Because of the size. He has no size. He has no size. He's 6'1", 240. When, when, you go, when you go down some of the top edge rushers in the league, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260, 270. He's so undersized at the position. These organizations are saying, Okay, what happens when the, what happens when the speed goes? The speed is going to go before the size goes. The speed is going to go before the power goes. And again, 
comparing him to a guy like Daniil Hunter, who they've had similar production over the past four years. But the bottom line is they value Daniil Hunter more. Why? Well, what's can... T.J. Watt's size? Is it his Watt... too? T.J. Watt is currently. Is, is he, um, yeah, is he 6'2 or is TJ... he 6'4? T.J. Watt is 6'4, 252. Okay. Miles get Miles Garrett is like 6'4, 6'5, 275. I think he's 6'5. You know what I mean? So when again, when, when you when you when you look at how Sun Reddick in the vacuum, you say, wow, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. But then when you zoom, well, when you zoom in, you say, Well, he's 6'1, 240. Mm. And McDowell really want to put 20 plus million into an undersized edge rusher. And I think that's what the disconnect is. And um I'm I personally think he's being properly paid, personally. But when you look, but when you look at the production, some will say otherwise. But when you think about the size and the fact that, and and, and the fact that in run defense he has his limitations, how can I justify paying him north of twenty million dollars? Let me let me show you how I think, and tell me if you agree or disagree, right? And how you think the conversation went, because right. it's funny how it's being reported versus how these conversations start. To me, the agent probably came to them and said, hey, we're entering into our final year. Mm -hmm. Where are you guys? And they probably wanted to start talking about extension before he heads into September. And so the Eagles came back and said, what are you thinking? Well, we know he's competitive on the open market with his production. And what they did was they went to production right away. Mm -hmm. Which for production, he is in the group right. when it comes to the sacks, the double digits, and all that. So right. he's got a leg to stand on there with that. Now, right, but that's his only gonna... leg. That's his only leg. The production, complete. That's right. And so the Eagles came back and said, "Well, you know, we're we're thinking of like you know uh, an extension, but we're also thinking of restructuring." Mm -hmm. And that's when it probably made him pause. When they said, well, you know, is this with more money? And I personally think the Eagles said no. And we'll give you the money like they did with Slay. They lowered the base. Mm -hmm. They lowered the money but gave him the bag. And they were hoping he'd bite on it. This is Reddick's last contract. Mm -hmm. So he's like this. No way. I think I can get more on the open market. Right now. So they said, right. well, I'll tell you what then you can go out and seek a trade partner to see what your market value is. In theory, that's telling them, hey, you know, they're basically saying, because they, they initiated it by calling the Eagles. What are you going to do? Because that's what agents do. That's what Anybody entering their final season, they want to know where a team is because they don't want their player going in on a lame duck year. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much what I think. I think I think the conversation went exactly pretty much how you how you said it. I think the agent reached out saying where because they've been talking about this since last year. Absolutely. Since last, since last Remember when he said something in camp. Yep. Last offseason. I, I honestly think the agent went to him and said, all right, where are we in this process? The Eagles went back and said, listen, this is where we th this is where we think he's valued at. This is what we're, this is what we're willing to pay. And the agent and Hassan obviously didn't like that number. So I think the Eagles said, look, all right. This is what we'll do. We'll give you permission to seek a trade. Now, if you notice, the words matter. They gave permission. If you notice how Sean Reddick came out saying, I didn't ask for a trade. That may be true. 
You probably didn't ask for the trade. Technically. Right. Right. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, he'll go wherever the bag goes. So I think the Eagles said, look, we'll give you permission to seek a trade. As a matter of fact, you go out there and you tell me what his value is. And whatever you come back with, then we'll have something to talk about. Because I think, like you said, and we talked about this, again, we've been we've been broaching this for a while. Everybody else is catching up. I think they're calling his bluff. And I think they're saying, listen, you're not as valuable as you think you are. We're not, we don't, we're not, we're not against paying you, but we're not going to pay you north of $20 million because that's, that's what he's looking for. I'm he's not, not paying him north he's of not, 15. He's not going to get north of $20 million. As of right now, just based off of the people who've gotten paid close to his age, um, based off his measurables, based off his production, he's actually in the, he's actually getting paid accordingly. You can make an argument. He could probably and for get his maybe limitations. You could make an argument. He's overpaid. Tony can't list. cover and get this. Why? If you know he can't cover and you have a scheme where you're asking him to cover, like if you were lining him up tone and you were just telling him for 65 plays to pass rush and he was on say San Francisco mm-hmm. probably fits perfect. But when you've got so many holes on a football team, like the Eagles do on that side of the ball, and you need a guy who could be a stand-up, put a hand in the dirt, cover a back, cover Mm -hmm. a tight end, he's not worth that money, man. He's a liability on that defense. What did 12 sacks mean to you last year? What did 12 sacks mean? Here's the thing. Nothing. Here's the thing. And this is where we got to be honest. Edge rushers come at a premium edge rushes are very valuable right now yeah when you, know, they, when you, when, when you think when impact. you think about when you think about that whole defense wasn't impactful i feel like it's easy to say well, he was why should i pay him i understand where you're coming from i'm not paying him 20 million dollars i'm not doing that but i definitely think he's worth in between 14 and 17 i think no he's way. worth that because of the, because again because of the production and because of the group he's in. See, you got to think about the people who's getting paid around him. That's the reality. We talk about it all the time. I know you hate that line of thinking. Because I, I, you, I hate it because that's not my priority, paying an edge rusher. Right. That doesn't I don't bring think, me shit. And I don't think that's their priority either. That's why we are where we are now. I think, I think they want to restructure, extend, and give him money up front so they don't have to, so they don't have to elevate that salary. You think I, that guy, I don't think that guy's better than Chubb. No, no, of course not. But again, Bradley well, he's going to be asked to do the same shit Chubb did in that Fangio Dolphin defense. I, I hear you, but hear, listen to this. Bradley Chubb is making $22 million. I'm not comparing him to anybody in that $20 million range at all. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying he's even close to that. I'm comparing him to the people that he's actually produced more than, but from a measurable standpoint, they're bigger than him. So again, when they look when when they're judging that edge rush position on the market, they're looking at your age. They're looking at what you. They're looking at your age. They're looking at what you're anticipated to do. They're looking at your measurables. Are you undersized? Do you fit the prototype of the position? So for me, based off everything that I've analyzed, based off all the people that's in his bracket, which is the 17, the 16, the 15, the 14, the 13 million guys, he's produced significantly more than most of those guys. Now his measurables. That's where he loses. And I think that's why he's no, that's why he doesn't qualify. His sacks had no impact on the Eagles. At the end of the day, I understand what you're saying. Did they? But it, it, it almost doesn't matter. 
It almost doesn't matter. Well, then why pay it? What do you mean why pay it? Right. Why not go and give – I'd rather give that money to a corner in Denver and go give that money to a guy and try to bring that guy let me, in. Let me make my position clear because we talked about this. Do I think the situation gets figured out and he stays in Philadelphia? Yes. Am I against trading him? No. I want to make my position very clear. I'm simply laying out the lay of the land. Yeah, but you want to give him 18. I'm not doing that. No, I don't want to give him anything. It ain't my money. I'm simply laying out the market. That's no all way. I'm doing. He, he's he's not as good as any one of those players. He's not. He he is a one-trick pony. If you took the pass rushing but, away and you took that dynamic but the, away but from in him. this but but in this new NFL, the pass rush is so valuable. But why are they dropping him then? That's a Matt Patricia question. Because I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I would never drop Hassan Reddick. Never. Gannon dropped him too. He had 19 and a half sacks. I mean you know why? I'm gonna tell you why he and I'm gonna tell you again. This goes into what you know somebody was having a conversation with me about Josh Sweat and why he's your most valuable asset on your defense. Josh Sweat had now down numbers. Why? Because Brandon Graham shit the bed. The other guy on the other side of the scale wasn't balancing it and everything. When you take all that production away, bang. Reddick couldn't pick it up. He had well, no impact. Well, I'm willing to argue this. I'm willing to argue this. Who was behind Hassan Reddick? Who picked up Hassan Reddick's slack? Nobody. Hassan Reddick led to D-line. Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith was a non-factor. Come oh, on. Oh, was he? Oh. Let's be honest. Oh, Let's be hey, honest. And you and you and you were not. Hey, you and, heroes and I, drafted him in the 31st and, pick. And I, and, and I understand what you tried to do there just now. <laughs> but, the, but the fact of the matter is, Hassan <laughs> Reddick had nobody behind him that was worth a shit. And he came out there, led the D-line and snap count, and gave him 11 sacks on a bad defense. So, again. Am and again, I sitting, what was your am, past defense, 27th? Okay. Am I, am I sitting here? See, you're trying to blame one guy for the deficiencies of an no, entire I'm team. No, I'm trying to tell you that it's the about the, the matter unit, is, not about one guy. And I'm, I understand that. I'm not making it about one guy. What I'm trying to well, indicate to you 18 is 18 million reasons you are. The lay of the land is where his value is. See, here's your problem. You hate the new dynamic of the contracts. You hate this whole market value. You, you, you hate all that. Especially when it comes to the quarterback position. You hate it. You hate you hate the fact that you have to pay a guy based on the market. You don't believe in that. I don't. And I, and I respect that, right? But at the end the of the Kansas day. Kansas City Chiefs don't. Uh, say it again. Kansas City Chiefs don't pay market value for anybody. Who's their quarterback? Oh, and okay. Well, I'll tell you what. When you had Patrick Mahomes. When you Green had Patrick Bay Mahomes. Pay market value. They're not paying. They're not paying the court. Wait, what do you mean they're not paying market value? Well, they don't have any superstars on that football team right now. They got rid of two. The, as a, right, as, as a matter of fact, the two no, 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 it's right here. I don't have to look it up. It's right here. No, 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 you're good. Rashawn Gary is making $24 million a season on, on, on the D line. Okay. What, what, are we, what are we talking about? Oh, hold on here. What are we talking about? Name somebody on that offense that's making over 20, over $15 million. They can, they can afford to pay that. Oh, they can afford to pay that. So you think the Eagles can afford to pay a guy $18 million as a defensive end when you got the worst pass defense? And you had the worst defense from week 10 on. And you no, think I don't. Leave. What? No, no, I don't. But what I'm saying to you is 
based off the market. See, here's the thing. You, this is this is where you got to hear me out of here. This isn't about what the Eagles are willing to pay. This is based on what the market is saying he he could potentially be worth. So if the Eagles are not going to pay him, somebody somebody going to bite and give him that money. I have it. I want to see him play him. And and that's my point. And that'll be the 15 he's been on in how many years? My overall point is my overall point is the fact that the lay of the land based off his production and again based his measurables pre prevent him from being a 20 million dollar guy. That alone. Beyond that, based off the production based off the production I also think he's limited in the run game as well. Let me not overlook that. I think he's limited in the run game. I want to make that clear too. But um, I also think he's I think he's limited in the run game because he has no size. Arms are short, doesn't not a big body, can get swallowed up by can, can easily get swallowed up by tackles in the run game. Kittle it's, crushed him. Right. You chip him in, it, yeah. it, 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 it can make things real rough for him. You think so, Fangio is involved in this? That's a good question. You think you think already he's you think um he's I don't you think he's kind of influencing him after watching the film going because that's a pretty ballsy move for the Eagles to do that with a brand new coordinator role. That's what I'm in. saying. You think you think that's you think I, already? I, I don't know how much influence. I'm just saying, don't you think that him coming in watching film, he would do this? This guy struggles, and I need a guy to cover people out there. I need I a guy to cover. And he can't. And look at the tight ends turn him around almost every time. And guess what? You got a bunch of tight ends you're playing this year coming up. Look at that schedule. Let me let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, do you think your average as rusher is keeping up with these tight ends? Phenomenal question. These tight ends are faster. They're bigger, they're longer, they're more talented than ever. Could your average I can make rusher? the argument they're the second most important player in an offense, excluding the quarterback to the receiver. Maybe in some cases even more because in Kansas City and in Baltimore, um, to some extent when Kittle's healthy, mm -hmm. those I mean those guys. Hey, how many times did we say in Philadelphia just to get the offense going? They got to establish Goddard. Right. And we talk about all the time how that linebacker position is so limited for with guys who actually can it cover. It's so, totally limited. So, 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 so here's the thing. I know we so talk about how there's like five guys in the league that can do it. I'm glad you said that. And this is where I got you. Do you think Hassan Reddick is the standard or an anomaly? So the grasshopper goes again <laughs> hey so that's all student, i'm saying so the student one-ups the teacher is he the standard or the anomaly so you're gonna pay 20 million dollars for the standard on a defense that needs more holes fixed uh, than what it, you have if you he's so, not the priority so i'm not saying he's the priority i don't want i don't want that to get mixed up i'm not saying he's the priority but so far, based off these based off these checks again thrown around here, I mean, a lot of these teams, a lot of these teams are paying for the standard because they're it's so. Matter of fact, perfect example, Tennessee. Matt Milano. Matt Milano. Tennessee. Let me show you this. The guy Matt in Milano. Tennessee making seventeen. Uh, the guy in Tennessee, uh, Harold Landry. Harold Landry at six two two fifty two. Um, he just signed that contract. Um, 
let me see here. Also, Matt Milano, right? He's a he's an off ball linebacker. Is right? that the Buffalo kid? Beth, Buffalo guy. He's not a pass rusher though. He's not a pass rusher, but he's an off ball linebacker. He's an overhang player. Right now, his average salary is fourteen point one million. Now, granted, he's coming off of an injury, and but uh, and his contract doesn't expire until twenty twenty seven. I think Matt Milano is one of the best linebackers in the league. One of the only linebackers that can cover. How much I is he getting paid? Hurt How- Buffalo in that Kansas City game. Him not and being there, and it hurt their pass defense. Matt Matt Milano is only making fourteen million a year, and he can cover. He can't rush the passer. He can cover. You got guys that can rush the passer that can't cover making more than him. You see where I'm going? Well, we're here. I mean, they I put more. Guy, the the league guy's so valuable. Mm-hmm. All these players that you name aren't on multiple teams. That is true. That Why is, true. is he the only guy that's in that category that has been on three different football teams in four years? He's been on three different teams. And I'm going to tell you, they have a hard time figuring a position out for him. You want to know why? Because he's limited. Because, un- because he's undersized. He's, he's, he's limited six, in many he's, ways. He's 6'1", 240 when the prototypical – what? what's the size of a prototypical edge rusher to you? I say 6'5", 6'4", 260, 270. I want a guy like Miles – I want someone in the room like Miles Garrett's uh, – stature i want it to look like that i want it i want it to be like him i want that look miles garrett's look that's what i'm kind of looking miles, at miles garrett 6'4 272 you think his heavy ass is keeping up with these tight ends i think they're asking him to do different things i think he's a better run defender than hassan a better pass rusher than hassan i feel like he plays the gap better i thought I, I feel like he plays the gaps better than hassan he's a, he's a better player than hassan Reddick. it's not a question miles garrett is the he was defensive player of the year for a reason yeah right you know what i mean but when i when i think about miles garrett is miles garrett more valuable <clears throat> is miles garrett more a matter of fact this is where we are here this is miles garrett and pass coverage in 2023 did you know Miles Garrett in pass coverage was only targeted one time through 17 games? That tells you he's not back there. He's not back no, there. He's not. They're he's not, not back using there. him that way. They're not using him that way. And he's no. getting paid. And he's getting paid. He, North, no, Reddick and, and, is used more like um like Michael Parsons is. But he shouldn't be because Michael Parsons can actually move around and can move around and cover, and he shouldn't be used like that. Okay. And my and, and 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 that's my thing. Michael Parsons, I'm willing to argue, is an anomaly. Remember, I, I would tell you this. I would rather spend the money on Chase Young and move Reddick and bring that guy in on a lesser dime and have more money to move around and maneuver around with linebackers and safeties because mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Now, look, I think as the season went on, he started to become more productive in the playoffs and at the end of the year with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I think he was coming on. And he, I tell you what, they had no answer for him in that Super Bowl. And to me, he played in the division also. Yeah. I, fe- I, I think he can do more. I think he can cover tight ends. I think he can play to run. I think he can pass rush. And he's cheaper. He's cheaper. And he's yes, younger. I agree. He's definitely he's cheaper and he's definitely younger. You know, my mindset is this. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the entire defense, right? 
And, you know, again, I just want to make sure my position, is, my position is laid clear. I'm simply just trying to lay out the lay of the land when it comes to what these guys are getting paid. You're higher I'm, on Reddick than me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. I am. And that's and, and I mean, that's just that's just that's fine. That's, that's where we disagree. That's, yeah, that's no, perfectly no, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, when it when it comes to the um I've already mentioned that I wouldn't mind trading him. Now, of course, my fan side says how Reddick auto sacks, how do you trade that? That's the fan side of me, right? But when I look at the business, when I look at where the Eagles are financially, when I think about that cap hit. When I think about all those things, when I think about all their needs, I'm saying to myself, they may have to, this may be a necessary evil. They may have to think about trading him so they can create some cap space, get uh get some draft picks in the process. This is this is this is the part where I'm glad I ain't gotta make these decisions. What do you think his market value is? Who? Um for when it comes to draft picks. Oh wow, that's a good question. Um what do you think a team is going to surrender a guy that's limited? Okay, who has the money? Let me see. Here. I, I, wait, Tone, let me do this to you. I got one, two, three, four, five, six teams. The Lions have $45 million. Could they be in a win now? Put them on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson? Right, right, right. Here's the team I think. How about you put Hassan Reddick on the other side of Will Anderson down in Houston? They have 60 million bucks in draft picks off the Deshaun Watson deal. And also, Will Anderson is still in the rookie deal, so you can probably make that work. Okay, and yeah. get this. D'Amico Ryans is the coach. Mm -hmm. So you got a defensive-minded guy who could put him – would you would you move him there? As, I mean, hey, since uh, – what's his name? Mm -hmm. Gannon had success with him. Would you talk to the – Would you? how about this right here? You know that Buda Baker dude? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Would you package something up? Now, he's going to command money. Would you package something up? Make them restructure a deal for Baker? Send Hassan to the Cardinals. And here's what you can – watch this here, man. Here's how the Eagles can get a second – and maybe a one. Right. Watch this. But it, it'd be a high one. So check it out. I'll tell you what. He's going to command $20 million. We'll send you Reddick. You pick up the majority of his, because I think he's making a ton of money now, too. Who, Reddick? He's got a big cap hit, Buda Baker. Yeah, he's, yeah um, he, he's due to make... He's due to make $15 million a year. $15 million exactly, but well, his cap hit is I'll larger do, than that. Tone. You pick up this year half that salary. You give me a two for him, and I'll send you Reddick. I think that's the only way the Eagles can get a high draft pick. They got to pick up some of that salary. That's the Cardinals. only way because, because here's the thing. Cardinals you have, have to, to pick it up. Right. Well. The Cardinals have to because, listen, you, you're not going to do this. I'm going to trade a guy for $15 million and and send you Hassan Reddick. Well, let's talk about the cash. straight the, the, up the, deal. Right, the cap hit is twenty one million. So let's let's keep that in mind. Yeah. So so trade a guy with a see here's and, and this is where it gets hard for the Eagles. You can restructure How, that. You can no, restructure no, you, no, that you, contract. No, you, you can't. No, you you can you can. But here's the thing: when you trade Hassan Reddick, not only do you have to have not only do you have to find a team that has the money, you have to find a team that's also willing to pay him. Does and, Arizona have money? 
Arizona has, yes, they have about they have forty four point six million. Oh, dude, they got the money, and they they got the money and the player you need. Right. So he's my second target in the offseason outside of Sertain. Right. You had the Eagles' challenge is finding if if their desire is to trade him. Right. Their challenge is finding a team that's going to pay him and know how to play him. And that's willing to give you the, the draft compensation you're looking for. That's going to be the challenge. Gannon knows think, how to play him. Right. But will, but will, the, but will that GM be willing to give up the draft compensation and pay him? That's, 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 the, that's the conundrum. See, so you have to find a team that thinks he has that value. Yes, exactly. In other words, like you got to find. Gannon will tell him he did with me. He had 19 sacks with me counting the postseason. He was a game wrecker in the NFC title game. And he knows how to pass for us the 49ers. That's an option. It's an option. See, how you make this work with them, you call them and say, listen, I'd like to give you, I'd like to do a trade here. Send Hassan Reddick to you. You pick up seven million. You send me Buddha and a two. Buddha a two for Hassan Reddick straight up. Oh, and the money. Oh, so they got to right, right, pay the right. money. Right. So right. Exactly. So so what I'm saying is, so basically what you're saying is, if the Eagles are going to get a two and Buddha Baker for Hassan Reddick, the, the Eagles have to pick up part of that contract. No, no, Cardinals do. But why would the Cardinals pick up Here, the money and give you the pick and pay the player? Because they're losing. They want to unload them. You're getting again. You're getting you're getting a player that's less money than him, but that, like you said, is a premium. He's a pass rusher. Safety's mm-hmm. not, but right. that's a need on the Eagles. So you go to them and you say, "Hey, look, they want to trade him, Tony. They want to move him because of the cap hit. They want to get Buda, out from that deal." Buda Baker, like you said, he's in the he's in the Hassan Reddick position. There's going to be a team that wants that skill set that it fits on their team. What you do is you go to them and you say, I'll tell you what, I'll take the player off your hands. I'll send you Reddick. You send me a two. And you pick up half the contract. Here's the, here's the tough part. Are the Philadelphia Eagles willing to pick up a $19 million cap? Or do you for think safety? the Eagles have to oh, – wait. You're right, Tone. I got it back. Eagles have to send them a two and Reddick and then pick up the money and Baker back. Right. But here's the that, thing. Though. That are makes the Eagles, more sense. You're right. Yeah. Are, are, the, are the Eagles willing to pick up a $19 million cap hit for a safety? Is, is that their mindset? Like, Can let's, let's think. It? Let's, it's possible. We're, but I think Buddha's looking to get paid. So you have. His average, his average salary. Okay, his average salary right now is fourteen point seven. Do you do you see the Eagles paying fourteen point seven for safety? Nope. He's trying to get more than that, and he's arguably the best in his position. How old is he? Twenty-eight. No way. Forget it. I'm out. No. So this no. is a this this is a much harder transaction than we think. I think they're better served restructuring Reddick, extending him maybe a year or two. And giving him a bag of money at his feet. That's what I think. How about sending them to the Patriots? Patriots want to spend 
Um, and Jared Mayo said they're going to spend some money. And they don't have that. And, and that's kind of a guy that fits up there into what they're doing. Could you see something like that? All right. So the New England Patriots have 69.8. Why does it seem like they always got money? Always. Because um, they don't pay anybody. Yeah, that's true. Um, 69.8 million in cap space. That's an interesting proposition. The Patriots are going to be high on the draft board, too. That that first round pick is too valuable. No, not doing that. They're not doing that. They make if you sent him to New England, would New England give you their their high second rounder? It's too high. This, I don't. This is, I, I mean, if, if they're in the what what the, if their number is like thirty nine or forty in the second round. There's not a chance in hell. That's close to a first rounder. Exactly. Yeah. How about this? Reddick and Judon, like Yale just said, as your edge rushers in New England, chasing down Josh Allen, that might be something you're interested in. It would be. It would be. Now, what would the Eagles? The Eagles would want something for that, obviously. Oh, the Eagles are going to. I, I, I always want to do. Right. Do you see? But New I don't England, know if New England is going to surrender. A two. Would you surrender for, a two for him if you're New England? You know, New England's desperate for talent. So you're talking to the right team here. Mayo's got to make a splash and they got to keep that defense. You know, they weren't horrible on defense last year. Do you do you see New England paying Reddick 15, $15 million? They've spent a lot of money since Brady's left. You know, t- watch this. Three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, they spent something like, if you Google it, Tone, I think they spent like $300 million in free agent salaries like two or three years ago. They'll spend, they spend, they've spent money. Right. They spent, right. And also, think about this, right? As of right now, they're paying Matt Judon $13.6 million per year. Right. Now, he had a down season in 2023, but in 2022, he had 15 and a half sacks, 2021, 12 and a half sacks, 2026 sacks. So he just signed that contract uh, a few years ago. He signed that contract in 2021. So as of right now, they pretty much got a lot of production out of him for a cheap price at 13.6 million. The, the hard, again, the hard part is about this situation is the Eagles, the Eagles and Hassan Reddick's representation or more notably, Hassan Reddick's representation. Because remember, let's not forget the Eagles side of this thing, right? The Eagles are saying, the Eagles are saying, hey, we want you here, but it's not going to be at the number you're thinking. I think the Eagles are fully comfortable paying him what he's making now. But I think he wants more, and that's the problem. restructure to get that base down. And that's what the Eagles are trying to do. The Eagles are trying to restructure, get that base down, yep. and maybe give him some more, maybe give him some more guaranteed money up front and extend him. But here's the thing. He That's wants where you lose me. I'm, I'm not doing that with the money. I'm just not. I'm not. I. I'll tell you what I'll do, Tone. But remember, it's about the cap. Remember, it's about the cap hit. It's always about the cap hit, not the it guarantee. Is, it uh, to make you feel better. Say you're the player. Right. Hey, I'll tell you what. We're. we're I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm, we're going to give you 15 million dollars or 14 million dollars. Here's a check for 14 million dollars, but we're going to lower the base. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you the guaranteed money up front. Right. Right. And I think that's what the Eagles are trying to do. 
I think that's what they're trying. And to I do. think they're balking at that. Exactly, and that's why they're saying okay. And that's why think- they floated this smoke signal out. Exactly, the Eagles. The Eagles sent the first shot, and yeah. then yeah, and, and then Hassan Reddick's representation said, "Hold on, wait a second. This is our this is our side of things." So right now they're playing chicken. You think the Eagles insulted the Reddick camp with the contract structuring that they want to go to, and that's why they floated that story out? And what I mean by insulted, not horribly, like this is what we want to do. We want to lower the base, and we want to lo- we want to give you money up front. P- personally, I think they offered him the Slay deal. His, I was I was literally about to say historically the Philadelphia Eagles, but they do a very good they, they do a very good job at restructuring contracts and lowering your base and making sure you got your money up front. They do a very good job of that. But here's the thing. Yeah, because that snows the because the player's gonna go. You mean to tell me I get a fourteen million dollar, fifteen million dollar paycheck tonight, direct deposited in my account, versus sitting around waiting for it? Shit. Exactly. And but here's the thing: like you said, Hassan Reddick knows this is his last big deal. Last deal. He wants more than just that money up front, and he wants Hassan Reddick. Listen, it's it's really simple. Hassan Reddick wants wants to, he wants north of twenty million dollars. He's not getting that. Plus, if it's New England, he's out of the conference. And he's out of the conference. I think they do. I think, and, and again, I don't think they want to trade him, but they're but they're more than willing to. I think that's where they are right now. I think they want him on their terms. Yes. And that's where and that's where we're that's exactly where we meet. I think they want him on, on their terms. And Hasaretic is saying, hold on, wait. I've given you back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. I had 19 and a half last year. I had 11 this year on a bad defense. I was the only, I was, I was the only bright spot, so to speak. And this is this is what you're offering. And the Eagles are saying, well, hold on. Yeah, you did, you did put that up, but we're, but we also had to base it off of what you're going to do. And here's the here's the thing, here's the caveat. Whatever con- whatever new contract he does sign, it's going to take effect when he's 31. Who's paying a 31-year-old undersized edge rusher 20 plus million dollars? You Nobody. know, let me show you something here that lets you know that the Eagles laid the law out to him on what they're doing. Did they come to Jordan Mulata and restructure his contract? Did they the Eagles went to him and did it, right? Uh was that two years ago they did it? I thought two years ago they went to him. Wait, are you talking about Lane or are you talking about Malata? I thought they went to him and re- get, redid his deal. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, oh, you mean the extension and all that kind the of extension. stuff? Oh, yeah, that happened in 2020. That How happened about the, this? That happened the all season 2020. And restructure his deal? Oh, they've, they've restructured Lane so many times. Okay. It's ridiculous. So here, here's where I'm going here. Didn't they go to Goddard? And yeah, they ex- got anything going, they gave, him a, they gave him a deal before, right? Yeah, this is what they did. They extended Melata, Goddard, and Sweat in the and, and Avante Maddox all okay. in the same season. They got ahead of the market and said, all right, we're going to give you guys all this money up front. Because they if looked, I'm not mistaken, they did a lot of that during the year. Um, they took care of Goddard during the of, year. Goddard during the year. They took care of Avante Maddox during the year. And they took care of Melada in the offs. Melada yeah. was the first one to get money, first one to get paid. But based off Melada's production, he's underpaid. Okay. But 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 we'll get there when we get there. But, but let me let me say this to you: If the Eagles were so gung ho on him, wouldn't they have given him? Say by the way, since by week twelve of this year, when they were ten and one, 
Don't you think the Eagles, knowing Howie, the way he operates, he would have got ahead of it instead of waiting to the offseason? You're talking about Reddick, right? Here's your money. Here's your extension. Here's some more money. Don't you think he would have did it then like he did it pretty much for everybody else? Absolutely, but here's the difference. Well, they didn't want to do it, and I don't think they really knew they were. That's why they drafted Nolan Smith was to get him out of there. Exactly, exactly. Now we're talking. I firmly believe their game plan was we signed Hassan Reddick to this three-year deal. They ended up drafting Nolan Smith, and they and they and they, they, they wanted to have foresight. Their, their their plan was draft Nolan Smith. That can be our that can be our transition from Hassan Reddick. If he tries to come to us in negotiations and try to and tries to twist us for more money, at that point we can use Nolan Smith as leverage. This is what they didn't. This is what they didn't account for. They didn't account for Nolan Smith being a dud in year one. They didn't expect that. So that threw a monkey wrench in their plans. So. That actually gave Hassan Reddick a bit more leverage, but the bottom yeah. line is this. That this is the bottom line. They didn't draft Hassan Reddick. They drafted Melada. They drafted Goddard. They drafted Maddox. And they knew, and, Josh, and they drafted Josh Sweat. They knew those guys, the money was only going to get more, going to get higher. They got ahead of them. They, they got ahead of Melada's market. They got ahead of Dallas Goddard's market. They got ahead of Josh Sweat's market. That man is worth $21.5 million right now, and he's only making 13.3. He's 26 years old, 25 years old, something like oh, that. I, I know he's he's your highest value defensive player, and he and he and he's actually built like a prototypical edge rusher, the type of edge rusher that teams aren't afraid to pay big money long term because of the the body type, the measurables, the skill set. I bet you anything. Vic Fangio walked in there and said, "I'll make Nolan Smith a player." And watch this. I guarantee you, he said. I'll put him in a position that Patricia and Desai couldn't. I know how to use him. Mm. Get rid of Reddick. He probably, now, I, I wouldn't be probably surprised. too strong. <laughs> but <laughs> could you see Vic saying that? I could definitely, I could definitely see Vic going there and saying that. I'll tell you what, I'd like to work with a 4 3 guy who's got that kind of athleticism too. I mean, dude, four three, four four, setting the edge for me, coming off and humming off that corner. Why can't he do the same shit Reddick can do if I put him in a position? I'm brought in here to fix this bitch. Also right. means, hey, you know how Kellen Moore has been brought in to fix uh, Jalen Hurts? How do we know Vic hasn't been brought in to fix Nolan Smith's ass, get Jordan Davis's ass going, and fix that linebacking? I mean. He's got he's got jobs individually in that building. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that, that's that's ex, that's very reasonable. Um, I think Vic was brought in here to really maximize all those guys that they feel like they wasn't getting a lot of a lot of production from. Um, I just don't think you know. I think when they look at Hassan Reddick, they say, "Look, we like you, but we don't love you like that." Yeah, and I think, and I think that's the problem. I think they like him fifteen million reasons. Exactly. I think I think that's where they feel comfortable paying him fifteen million, and they don't. They don't want to give him anything more than that. I think they might even budge at 16, but I don't think they want to give him north of $20 million. Not when I got so many positions to fill. And that's the thing. The Eagles got and so many. Money. So they, you're got gonna, so, you're they got so many things to take care of. Resources. And you're going to give him an extra million and a half when I could take a million and a half, maybe, and parlay that into a restructure to get a safety or linebacker. If you pay him, Tone, you're going to battle, in my opinion. 
let's just say we do the 18 million. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're off base. Right, right. Okay, I'm not. I'm saying, but if you pay him 18 and a half million on a restructure, shit, you're going to work with what you have at safety, corner, and linebacker this year, and what you have on your roster and what you draft. And that ain't enough. Even if you even even if you find a way to lower the cap hits. With who? You're talking about Reddick, right? Okay, you lower the cap hit. Five million? Okay. Yeah, remember this. $18 million of that $20 million goes to your draft. Right, right. They this they're in the t- they're in a tough position. And I think the and I think the Philadelphia the Eagles misses in the draft. And and, and I think yeah, yes, yes. And I think I think the Philadelphia Eagles, although they, in my opinion, I think they hold the leverage because I'm looking at the market right now. I think they hold the leverage, but at the same time, they didn't do they don't do themselves any favors missing in the draft the way they did. If you trade them, you get 15 million added to your cap. I hear you. I hear you, man. Um, like I always say, there's two sides of me always competing, right? My fan well, side. You know why? My you fan side likes Reddit. Say it again. You hate the money. Yeah, man. Why can't well, you know, why can't this be like Madden? It's easier. Why can't this be like college? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why can't this be like college with the money? Dude, the oh, money man. sucks. But you see, this the is money why makes the league it, loves but the parody. Money, but the money makes it interesting. The money makes it interesting, does it not? Oh, it's like stock. Because it's like, you it's, know, you know it's this, chess. Do you know what it reminds me of when I was a stockbroker on Wall Street? And I worked on Wall Street, and you have to worry about dividends, and you got to worry about um, what what fold it's going to go up and mm-hmm. how much of your investment you're putting in. Are you going to put 25% in your annuities? Are you going to put them into long-term investments, short-term investments? It, it, this is exactly like the stock. It's like the stock market, man. And and that's why Howie doesn't really hit on a lot of his stocks. They mm-hmm. go belly up and he gets penny stocks. Doesn't get the OTC stocks, over-the-counter stocks. He doesn't invest in like waste management for sure things. Okay. The guy may not be the best, but he's there 17 weeks. He may not be the best edge, but he's there 17 weeks and he gives and, you production. And that's why you got, and that's why Hassan Reddick, he looks at it like this. I don't miss games. I give you production. That's a really good one. Hassan Reddick hasn't missed a game for the Eagles. Not one. He doesn't miss games. He played on a bad hand. Still got and he had an impact play in the NFC title game. So it's like, you know, when you, when you, when you see, I understand why Hassan Reddick wants what he wants, but at the same time, in this situation on this team, that's not happening. That's how, and, and it's, and it's, it's nothing personal. It's simply on this team, that number you want does not work. And, and, and they're, they have too many needs. Why, you know, you know how many teams offload big money players if they're, if they're not competing? All the time, the the Vikings are, are the Vikings are considering trading Justin Jefferson. Yeah, because do you hear what I said earlier in the program? I, I was like, this. I went, you're going to pay thirty million dollars to a guy that'll never deliver you a Super Bowl. See, this goes to your Reddit conversation. Well, it's market value. He's the best receiver in the game. How's that helping Minnesota get closer to us? He does, he gets you further from a Super Bowl. Do you understand that, Jefferson? Right, and that's why I don't think Hassan Reddick is going to get the number he's asking for, because if you can't they just build not... your football team from the perimeter out in exactly, exactly. So 
you know, that's why I look at Hassan Reddick and I say, look, I love everything he brought to the table. I still do. I, I would love him in the building. But the number got to make sense. And based off what, based off the way the Eagles moving and the way his team moving, there's a disconnect between what they're offering and what he wants. I think he wants like around 21, 22. And I think the Eagles are saying, and I think the Eagles are saying, whoa, 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 budge to 16. But better go play with Gardner Johnson because that ain't happening here, man. I mean, and here's another thing we got to keep in mind they still have his rights. So, regardless of what goes down, they still have his rights and they have to decide that they're going to trade him. They got to still, they got to still green light the deal. I want to take you slightly off the topic, but in the the same vein here. No problem. Would you pay Jefferson 30 million? Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Knowing how great. Do I have a quarterback? Do I have a quarterback? No. Do I have an O line? No, you have the Minnesota Vikings right now because Cousins is out of there. They're not paying him. Oh, so you're saying if I'm the Vikings, do I pay yeah, him? right now, with the current way the Vikings are. I, I can't. Are I, you I can't. trading him to get draft picks? I can't. I can't. No. He's great. He's spectacular. He's a multi-time all-pro. He, he wants he, $30 million. He's not getting that from me. It's, it's, it's that simple. This The Vikings are nowhere near a Super Bowl. Nowhere near one. He they don't have a- further away. It moves them further away, financially at least. Like they, their offensive line putrid. Defensive line, Daniel Hunter was the only bright spot. Marcus Davenport, I mean, they they they, they signed him on a one year deal, but other than that, I mean, okay, you know what? This is why I trade him. You wonder why you want you wonder why I feel comfortable trading him. And I'm not saying this player is on his level. I'm not saying that. But this is why I trade him. For one, I'm nowhere near winning a Super Bowl. So why am I paying a wide receiver $30 million if I'm not even in the playoffs? That's one. But two, I got Jordan Addison who came in while you were away and gave me yeah. what, over a th- or gave me over a thousand yards, I think, receiving. So in my mind, why pay you $30 million when I got this young guy over here that's already shown that he can produce without you? See, it, it would have been different if Addison was playing next to Justin Jefferson and, and Jefferson was taking attention away from him. Addison did most of his damage when Jefferson wasn't there. So I'm I feel comfortable making that move. Will it be a fan favorite? No. But I'm nowhere near a Super Bowl. And you want me to pay you $30 million? How can I justify that? Okay. If that was the to sell jerseys thing going on, and see, get this. So you're okay with trading the best receiver in the game, but you're not okay. And I'm not saying you, some right. people are not okay. We're having a conversation about AJ. Come on, man. This is about getting you closer to the bowl. This ain't about getting you closer to anything else. What helps you get to that point? And by the way, could you imagine if the Minnesota Vikings traded that guy to Kansas City this offseason? Don't say that. You see him. They got they they restructure what's his name's contract and land on Jefferson. Don't 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 give them any more ideas. Please. Could you imagine that guy land? How about this? You Texans got 60 million. You drop that kid down there with CJ Stroud on the other side of Nico Collins. That's See, nasty. I think Minnesota's in a tough spot here, man. They are in a tough spot. They are in a tough spot. I mean, like you said, well, Sills. And this is what you say all the time. As hey, Sills, you know, it's market value. He's the best player. You got to pay him the 30. Eh. I don't know. Situ- situations matter. That's hey, he that, ain't that, helping that, me. 
that rule that that rule isn't just a one size fits one size oh, so fits it's all. It's not a blanket deal. No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's not. Listen, the market. The, the, you but know you the market earlier. Okay, I I I was checking on you here. I got two things I want to go over you with before. Got you. you Let's do it. Let's do it. These are my final top 10 teams and quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm gonna do teams first. Um you tell me if you disagree or agree. And to my disdain. I did something, but I can't dismiss something. Okay. I'll I'll make sense of it. I got the Cowboys 10th. 10th best team in the league? Yes. Okay. I got the Eagles 9th. I can't dismiss 11 wins. Even though I think you have a trash defense. Mm-hmm. I put the Bucks ahead of them. Now you could flip that easily and put Philly ahead of Tampa Bay. But if you go by the two games, Tampa Bay looked better. Wait, you're comfortable putting the Bucks ahead of the, the Cowboys? No, no. Yes, I am. Mm, that's 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 interesting. Because I saw Green Bay take them apart. Okay. That okay. That that loss did a lot of damage in your eyes. Yes. Okay. And you lost the coordinator. Ah, good call. Good call. Because we have no idea what Mike Zimmer is going to do. Good Absolutely call. not. He's been out of the game a bit. That's a that's a good call. Okay. And you're fourteen million dollars over the cap. Who's leaving? Let me. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Did you know? Did you know Demarcus Lawrence is entering a contract year? He's they, out. That, that might be a restructure or a cut. Yeah. They're not paying a quarterback. That's the problem. I'm not, I'm, I'm not paying a guy $30 million and moving further away from the, the bowl. I got Green Bay seven. I got okay. Houston sixth. I got Buffalo five. Detroit four. Baltimore three. San Francisco, two, and Kansas City, one. So just to refresh, Dallas, 10, Philly, nine. You know what? I'm going to change that. I'll put the Bucks at nine. And I'll put Philly at eight. So I'll Dallas, 10, Tampa Bay. Now, again, Tampa Bay is going to look different, too, because they're losing Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devin White probably didn't, gone. They, didn't they lose a coordinator? Yes, he's the head coach of Carolina. So and we have no, so we have so they're losing Mike Evans, and we don't know what the OC is going to do with their offense. Yeah, and, and they lost Ryan Jensen, their superstar center. Yeah, and and, and, and Antonio Whitfield, if I'm not mistaken, Antoine Whitfield is a free agent. So their defense took a hit. Best okay, they lost their best player on defense, they lost their best player on offense, they lost their best offensive lineman. And then they lost an OC. Are they really top ten still? And we no. don't know what. And we don't know what the quarterback is. No, you talked me out of it. I'm gonna put Seattle there. Way to go, Tone. So I'm gonna go like this: Dallas ten, Seattle nine, Philly eight, mm-hmm. 
Green Bay 7, Houston 6, Buffalo 5, Detroit 4, Baltimore 3, San Francisco 2, Kansas City 1. Okay, KC 1, San Fran 2, Buffalo 3, hmm, Detroit 4. Okay, I'm actually – I actually like this list. Like – Completely top. Th- I actually like this list. Who do you think wins a Super Bowl, or who do you think puts this team in a Super Bowl quicker, um, in a position to be in a Super Bowl? Jordan Love or Stroud? I'm gonna say Love. You wanna know why? Because Love is in the NFC. Stroud is in the AFC. He got to go through Lamar. Got to go through Patrick. Got to go. It's, he has a lot of hit. He got a lot of demons to slay before he get to the mountaintop and save the chick from the dragon. Yeah, no. you know what I'm saying. Whereas the Jordan Love, he already he already smacked the hell out of Dallas. Um, they they came this close to beating San Fran. They should have beat San Fran. They should have, but they didn't. So we can't change the narrative. Um, let me let me. I just, ask I, I just believe Love has less barriers to entry than C.J. Stroud does. Let me ask you this. I left Cincinnati and Cleveland out. I just, it, yeah, I just I just realized that. You listen to this. Cincinnati? Cleveland, yeah. it has to be a nightmare with this whole Deshaun Watson deal. Absolutely. So far, they have two botched seasons. Two. You might as well say they burnt money for two seasons straight. I mean, dude, you gave $100 million to a guy who gave you nothing. They burnt $100 million in two seasons, so they burned hey, it alive in a trash can. Dude, you got, you, you've played seven quarterbacks in those two seasons, and you've had nothing but bad pub. I mean, Meanwhile, meanwhile Stefanski is still winning double-digit games. I'm gonna, and- the reason, here's the reason I left Cincinnati out. Hey, hey Joe Namath Burrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's man. Yeah. You got to start. I get okay, it. Okay, you 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 got to start showing me you can get through a season here. It can't be one on, one off, one on, one off, one on, one off. Hey, and I get it, man. Get this tone. He's a gifted player. Absolutely. But you know what? You want to hear something? He's as detriment to his team as the Sean Watson is. Mm. It's just listen, different situations. Listen to this. So Joe Burrow's been in the league for four years, right? Wow. In four years, in four years, right? He he would have played 67 games if he was fully healthy. He's only been available for 52 of them. He's missed 13, he's missed 15 games. Almost the, the whole season. He basically missed a whole season of his career. He's one of these older young guys. He's 27 going on 28. Only been in the league four years. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Do you think? Do you think the health gets better or worse? Worse. Worse. How about and he's this? He's not even dual. He's not. He's not he, even he, dual he, threat. He, he's in the pocket. He's gonna have a shorter career than Hurts. You can. You can argue that. You can definitely argue that he's had more significant injuries. He surely missed point. more games than Hurts. Yeah, he has. He has hurts. Hurts has only missed um, since he's, he's missed, been a starter. Since, being, since, since being a starter, Hurts has only missed four games. 
Okay. Three due to injury. One because they sat him and there was a they they couldn't do nothing about the game. It was they they sat him. No, they it, the seating was already locked in. So he missed three games due to injury. One because they sat him because it was the final game of the season. Okay. You good with that list? I actually like that list a lot. All right. Last list before I let you go here. Mm -hmm. Top 10 quarterbacks. I'm sure you're going to disagree. <laughs> Number 10. I got Stafford. Rams. Number 9. I have golf. Number 8. Jordan Love. Number seven, I have Tua. Number six, I have Stroud. Number five, I have Purdy. Number four, I have Dak. Number three, I have Allen. Number two, I have Lamar. And number one, I have Mahomes. And for the record, I got Jalen at 11. Mm. All right. So I would put I think you have golf too low. I think golf. You think I have golf too low and maybe Dak too high? I think Dak is too high. I think golf is too low. I think love has only shown you one season. And you're and you're already putting him above Jalen Hurts. Well, shit, man, your guy got paid after one season. No, no, no but no, but what I'm but remember, I'm just going off of your rules. Okay, you know, okay. You, you know, you don't you don't crown you don't you don't just throw guys you don't crown guys at the one year. You, that that's you. Yeah, but I understand the way he beat them Cowboys really did a lot for you, and I get it. And I like Love actually. I think Love is really on his way, but um, uh. Give me your top ten. Jalen hurt him. Jalen hurt himself a lot with them turnovers. He hurt himself a lot. And that stretch run. And the playoff because, game. Because Stafford elevated himself during that yeah. final stretch. Love elevated himself after that final stretch. And in the playoff game. What's your criteria? Are you just going off of re like re like recent like what they've yeah, done recently recent, or twenty three twenty four coming out of that year? Okay, coming out of the 23-24 season, yes, then... coming out of that year. Okay, okay. All right. Um, Then... Oh, I got to put Hurts 10. I can't keep him. I can't, I can't leave him out of my top. He was a pro bowler. I mean, Stafford didn't make the pro bowl. Baker Mayfield made the pro bowl. Gardner Minshew made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. All right, listen. Hertz had a better record than Stafford. He had more touchdowns. Uh, I think he had I think he had more total yards. Baker Mayfield outplayed Jalen. Baker Mayfield's not on your list, though, so we can't talk about him. <laughs> Jalen beat Jalen beat Stafford earlier this year. He beat him. <laughs> Jalen beat Stafford. Jalen beat Dak. Jalen beat Mahomes. Jalen beat Allen. Jalen beat Tua. I understand Jaylen things went south. Zach Wilson. 
Jalen lost to Drew Locke. Jalen lost to Tyrod Taylor. This is the NFL. People lose. It's the Those NFL. guys are on my list either, right? You think he had a top 10 season? The turnovers, the t- it's hard. I, I'm not justifying the turnovers. I want to make that clear. I am not And the justifying- stretch run, Tone. Okay, okay, listen. I understand. I, un- I understand where you're going with this. But like you said, hey, watch you can't, this. Do I you think can't... Lamar Jackson was a top ten quarterback last year? Shit, that right, guy may wasn't right. a top fifteen quarterback. All right, let me ask you this then, right? How do you have the Eagles as a top ten team, but you don't have their quarterback as a top ten quarterback? Because I can't dismiss the stupid eleven wins. And that's a unit thing. That's not and, a quarterback thing. And didn't you say they got those eleven wins because of him? You said that on this platform. You said that. I, I I don't remember. You said that. Hey, hey, live chat, live chat, live chat. I need I need your help here. He, he said I, that. I, 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 don't, I don't remember. <laughs> he said. No, that. I said they won him because of Sirianni. <laughs> <laughs> I said they won those eleven that. games because of Sirianni. Hey, look, hey, hey, look. I'm just I'm All just right, trying. I'm, I'm done just, with this chat. I'm just trying to hold you accountable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right, trying to I've hold you accountable. You. Okay. You beat me today. I've had enough of it. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, Good man. job, man. Oh, look, look at this, man. Brian's hilarious. Dan <laughs> pleads the fifth. Hey, what do you think? I'm Hunter Biden? Come on, Brian. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Pleading the but, fifth. But, but I do like your top 10 teams list, though. I think that's very strong. Very strong. I, but I, I just look at it. Smith's the 11 wins. Yeah, 11 wins. He beat most of these quarterbacks that's ahead of him. Um, well, not most. He beat Stafford. He beat Tua. He beat Dak. He beat Mahomes. He beat Allen. So he beat about maybe four guys on the list, I think. Sta- yeah, he beat Stafford. He beat Tua. One, two. He beat um, three, Dak Prescott, four. Allen. He, he beat he half Mahomes. your list. He beat half your list. Granted, granted, the, the, the fall was bad. But that was a team fall, right? Oh, wait a minute. You, Hold on, hold on, wait, no. Half this list and lose to half the list of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But listen, you're giving more credit to the team. <clears throat> you're, yes, you're putting, I am. You're, you're giving, but but you just said this team is not even a playoff. Yes, team. I am giving more credit to the team. I'm a team guy. <laughs> but but there's no defense there. Okay, there's no defense. And I and I hate quarterbacks. Okay, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Dan said he's on record. Gator sniffing GM. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got to put him in the top ten, so you got to. Oh uh, man, you got I mean, to. You, you, so you're gonna put him in the top ten over a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Oh, here we go. You said you said off of last season. Now you're talking about 2021. All right, it's time to get the hell out of here. I'm finished with this. Oh All my right. God, y'all hearing you guys? This is this is insane. Hey, wait a minute. I gotta leave you with this though. <laughs> All right. Howard Eskin is the biggest ass kissing eagle. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Angelo was one of one. He's one of one, baby. Hey, congratulations to you. Re- well done today. Thank you very yes, much, sir, Tone. man. I appreciate you. You got it. That's our good friend, Tone. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show.
Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Sales, please hit the like button. Thank you. I was really glad to see Kevin Demoff, the COO of the Rams, come out and support. Listen to this. And support Steve Spagnola on getting another opportunity of being a head coach in the NFL. And li- listen what he said here. Um, when he came to St. Louis. It was a complete shit show. And it was a mess nobody could have succeeded with. And we didn't give him the opportunity that he needed to be a head coach here. We couldn't give it to him. We just couldn't deliver for him. He changed the culture. He brought great things in. He's a spectacular man. We didn't deliver when we were in St. Louis, man, how many organizations come out and support of somebody like that and say they failed to coach. You would never hear Howie Roseman say he failed Doug Peterson. You would never hear that. 
Okay? That's right, Tone. He set the record straight. You imagine if Howie would come out and say, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm very sorry the way it ended in Philadelphia with Doug. We didn't see eye to eye, and that's probably a me thing. And I learned a lot from it, and I'm happy for his success down in Jacksonville. And I learned a lot being around Doug Peterson. You'd never hear something out of that guy's mouth like that. You would never hear that. That guy would never do anything like that. That's right. How his ego's driven. Okay? He wouldn't do that on his deathbed. Okay? That he would give that he would give credit to Doug Peterson. He would never do that. Kevin Demoff basically said, we failed Steve Spagnola. We failed him. He's a quality man. He's a great coach. He changed the culture here, and we couldn't deliver for him. This was an us thing. I can't think of an organization that's ever come to bat for a coach like that in my life that failed. He won like four games there or something, or 14 games or some shit like that. Howie would never do anything like that. You know why? It's Howie vision. It's the world according to Howie Roseman. It's my show. It's the way I do it. That's why you really don't have good exec. He's not a great football executive. He's a great capologist. Okay. Hey, some twist goes like this. How he ain't no punk bitch. How he takes credit for a Super Bowl he didn't win. Players and coaches win. Organizations, they pay him. But that organization won that Super Bowl because of Doug Peterson and the players on the field. Those guys sit up there and you know what they are? That's like saying the library is what the library is because of the librarian. It's the books in the library that make the library. All the thing the librarian does is put them on the shelves. Don't ever confuse yourself with that. I mean, players and coaches win games. Organizations do the best they can to put those people in positions to win. And in most cases, like your boy, it's either hit or miss. And when those organizations get in the way of the coaches and players, tell you what, none of that shit goes on in Pittsburgh. You wonder why the Steelers are a better organization than you since 1969? Because they let their people be coaches and administrators be administrators. Everyone knows their role in Pittsburgh. Not everybody knows their role in Philadelphia. You don't know your role. And when someone tries to play a role that they're not qualified for, like Angelo said today, that's what you get. Inconsistency. Okay. I think that's a great, I think that's a great come to Jesus conversation. I want to show you something else here that I give Howie credit for. How about this stat here? Do you remember, was it last year? Am I right when I say that? Was it last year that Howie tried to make a trade for Christian McCaffrey 
Was it last year that they 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 made a call down there, but they ended up sending him to San Francisco because San Francisco gave him more of a bounty of of riches? Is it, it was last year's trading deadline, right? Twenty two trading deadline. Uh, am, am I right when I say that it was the twenty two trading deadline? Okay. Since McCaffrey has been in San Francisco and has been a 49er, he has 39 touchdowns in 33 games as a 49er. Thirty-nine touchdowns in thirty-three games. I mean, that to me tells you a lot about what McCaffrey's production is and how important he is to that Niner offense. I do think he's the best running back in the game. I do. There's not a question. 39 touchdowns. That guy has scored in 33 ball games since he's been in San Francisco. You know, I, I usually don't want to end it on a bad note or kind of a controversial note, but I will say this. I, I saw Jared Bell's um, article. And he put it out there in USA Today. We've had Jared on the show. You guys have seen him at least three times. I think we've had Jared Bell. He, I'm on his panel. He's a Hall of Fame voter. And he brought up he brought up the um, the Jason Kelsey pushing Andy Reid. And how would that be if like Antonio Brown or T.O. or any of those guys had bumped into Andy? Travis Kelsey, excuse me. Thank you, Tone. And, you know, the, the more you think about it, it's true. Should he get a pass for putting his hands on someone? Is winning the Super Bowl cover it? Or is that white media talking? How would you have handled T.O. if he had pushed Andy Reid like that in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? How would you – how do you think the Philadelphia media would have handled T.O.? Shit, look how you handled him anyway. And he did nothing like that. I think we have to always – Look at ourselves in a question like that. Because 95 to 98% of the media is white. And do you see that through a prism in a league that's got 68% black players in it? How do you think the black players see that? And you're like this, are you race baiting? No, it's a question that makes you feel uncomfortable. And race, politics, and religion always make you feel uncomfortable. And to me, if you're a white journalist talking about that subject, you're not qualified. 
Now, I say this for myself. I know how and what would have happened in that locker room because from a player's perspective, that shit happens all the time. But you got to remember, a locker room's not a reflection of society. It's a different world. Players don't see that as race or anything. However, society does. You see it that way because you see things through the prism of black and white. I see a locker room as my brother. And sometimes we get in conversations with our dads and it's a family environment. And I have to remember that I'm not in that environment anymore. See, the world saw that different than how Keyshawn Johnson, I talked to Keyshawn about it. He goes, you really thought that was a big deal? I go, I, I think the world thinks it's a big deal. He goes, well, the, the world's wrong. I'm like, eh, not really. You know, we live in it now. We don't live in that locker room anymore. You know what I mean? We, I mean, we don't live in that. That's why, you know, when I was early in my career, I would talk like a locker room. And most of you were offended by many of the things I said, but that's how we spoke in a locker room. Hey, society's not like a locker room. There's more harmony in a locker room than you think. Okay? NFL is like the military. It takes a unit to win a game. KC lost the Super Bowl. KC would be crushed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Reggie goes, you called your brothers monkeys. Did you forget that part? No. But you took it. What I just said, Reggie. Jonathan Vilma didn't take it that way. You did. And I think Reggie makes my point. Thank you, Reg. You made my point. Jonathan Vilma and Courtney Finnegan, those guys didn't see it that way. You did. Thank you, Reg. You totally made my point. That's how you saw it. I couldn't have ended the show any better than that. Could I have, Tone? That I had a guy exactly answer it the way how you see it. And my brothers don't see it that way. Reggie goes, and you got fired for that. And I was hired four days later by the market manager at 90 at the Fanatic four days later with a raise in Miami, Florida. Because nobody, unlike you, Reggie, thought that that was anything. Was hired four days later with a raise. I say this to you. Folks, thank you so much. Xander, Big Joe, you guys were fantastic. Thank you very much. My man, Tone. I think that's the first time I've probably lost a debate on my own program. I would probably say in 20 years. Young Grasshopper, well done, my friend. Well done, man. I love Tone, man. Absolutely spectacular thank you angelo angelo was hitting on all 
He was hitting on all facets today, man. I mean, nobody, nobody didn't take trap metal. Okay. I mean, everybody got hit. So two to six tomorrow, Xander, Big Joe, thank you so much. And we will catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.